Welcome to episode 368 of the Siren Studs podcast. I'm Kurt, joined once again this week by my out-of-shape co-hosts, Peter and Jake. Uh, That is uh, unfortunately very true, um, because this week we are coming at you with the secret garden tour uh, episode of the cast. Um, it's, It's going on right now, right outside my door, and it's never at the right time, because... They put it in like the afternoon on a week, on a work day, and like, okay, tell me tell me you're not for the people without telling me you're not for the people. <laughs> Go tour the secret gardens of the brownstone neighborhoods of of our town. <laughs> See which one is the most opulent. Kind of love it. It's uh distinguished, and it's it should be if more. You, if you make an hourly wage, you are disinvited. <laughs> And here we have the local Easy Mart, where you can pick up the pack of menthols for cheap cheap. And maybe a... What are cigarette oh, yeah. pl- prices oh, like of, in Maryland? One of uh, 50, 57 uh, corner yeah. stores that are soon to become barbershops. We've, we've seen a stark decrease in the amount of corner stores in, in my town. Um, it's very it's sad. It's It's... It's like the value of gold. It's an economic indicator. <laughs> how many I, how many places you can get uh, CBD gummies at any given time? My my Baltimore <laughs> indicator was always uh, where the hip hop fish and chicken and how many stores uh, they were around. The oh, that sounds like a really good place. I haven't done a deep dive on like a food chain in a while. So, it was hip. I think yeah, hip hop, hip hop, fish and chicken. Um, Peter, I understand you haven't done it in a while, but I don't know if now is the most we'll appropriate. Make it, time. We'll make it super quick. It, it's I don't a, believe it, you. So they sell fish and chicken. Yeah, Amazing. but I think the both fried. Yeah, both fried, and I think the the one thing to note is the type of fish that I think they. If I'm, if I know them, like I know them, it should be lake trout, but. <laughs> Could be wrong. Oh, sorry. So there are thirty-seven. There are thirty-seven locations in the in the Baltimore area. Now, when you think of your fried fish, you probably think of haddock. I think of because we also have a a fried fish institution up here, Ted's Fish Fry. That's right. Correct. So you got your. It's the apparently a tourist destination, even though they have never gotten my order on time and correct. Uh, this is this is pretty solid. So for twelve forty nine, choose any two. Here's the fish options: catfish fillet, catfish nuggets, half a pound. God damn it, we're off. Ocean the rails. perch two. You get two ocean perch. Uh, whiting two. Tilapia. That's fine. It's a normal one. Trout two. Ten shrimps or three jumbo shrimps. You got your normal chickens, except. The outstanding chicken gizzards, half a pound, and chicken liver, livers, half a pound. Jake, I, I have to, I'm, I'm already disappointed in this. Like, we got to move on from this because they've committed a sin. And that, that's enough for me to stop this rabbit hole deep dive. Their, their rate on buffalo wings is rough. Like, it's only, ba- like, the bulk rate. 100 buffalo wings for $95. Like, 
That barely that does not. That's not a Look, good rate. Don't, you don't. Ca- no, you, you, you're bulking like a dollar like a wing. Not 80, 87 at least. We want some real economy of scale on this shit. Look, they already know they're they're when it comes to wings. When it comes to buffalo wings, there nobody's going to this place being like, "Oh, gotta get me some of them buffalo wings." You know, that sauce. It's you know perfect consistency. But you have them yeah, on the but menu. It's just, Classic Maryland buffalo. It's wings. just to appease the people, and you know they probably get a discounted rate buying so much chicken. They're like, "Hey, we'll throw in some wings." You know, okay, yeah. All right, you know what? Never mind. This is the new low. How are you gonna How are you gonna sell me a pound of chicken gizzard for eight dollars? Hey, you know, chicken what? gizzards, fried chicken livers for for eight dollars. <laughs> Come on now. I know it's trendy and shit, but it's still the awful, the literal awful part of the bird. It's the shit you get in a little baggie with your turkey that you just go. It's in the stock pot. I'm not eating it's that the shit. Fucking. It's a little pouch that they hold stones in to grind their food up. Yo, do you get the? Do you think you get the stones? That's why I've always wondered. You don't even get the fucking lizard wizard. <laughs> um, you ever? This was an interesting thing. Uh, somebody was turkey hunting, and I guess they were an avid turkey hunter, uh, and they would go around shooting turkeys from different states, from different locations. My man would take out their gizzards. Jake, you can't just call them that. They're people. <laughs> this was a murderer. <laughs> now, um, uh, he would he would go around and and collect their gizzard stones, and then he would label where they were from, and you would see like a pattern develop because they would eat different rocks and minerals and such. I thought that was pretty neat. Did he make That's... necklaces? Well, out he was of searching them? for a diamond, so. That's... It's a very uh it is that <laughs> so like on one hand on one hand it's a it's a kind of an interesting hobby right and there's some scientific romance to that on the other hand it's a really disturbing fucking hobby and probably is an indicator for some sort of psychological red flag like my man was really out here trying to get on the purple loot table like he was trying to find a fucking diamond in a chicken stomach <laughs> That's amazing. I support this man in his yeah, quest. I, I, I am not getting the Google search results I wanted. I, I looked up turkey diamond hunting, and uh, I just got a bunch of weird shit turkey from like di- games and stuff. Um, so that's not it. But hey, you know, you might get lucky. You might kill a turkey. Always check the gizzard. There might be a big old diamond in there that they picked up off the ground. Are there African turkeys? Because that's where the diamonds well, come from, you know, mostly. <laughs> you got your, Ap- Blood you got turkeys. your Appalachian uh, turkeys, that, your Appalachian diamonds. Elon Musk's turkey uh, turkey operation. <laughs> there, there's some emeralds in those gizzards. Emer- there be emeralds yeah, in check them gizzards. E- check Elon's gizzard. What's there? He's got, I think he's got a couple emeralds in there. I need to see. Now, he does have, now a, he does have a pretty sizable mm-hmm. gizzard. I've created it a, an image in my head that I now uh, will will die unfulfilled if I never see. I want an old prospector telling me there's there's gold in them there's gizzards. Gold in them gizzards. <laughs> the meat. No, he he's got to search his whole life, right? And right at the the climax of his story, like a meat packing plant explodes, and like turkey carcasses <laughs> are raining from the sky. He's like, by golly, it's a blizzard. <laughs> <laughs> 
Speaking of Glizzard, coming at you live as always. We're mixing metaphors here. We're coming from a, a Dairy Queen uh, booth. It's it's a neat Dairy Queen. They kind of did a retro fit for it, retro style to it. They kept it to like the old Dairy Queen. And uh, we're going to all be trying their new Glizzards. Uh, <laughs> it's... It's like the it's like how they have like the syrup in the in the bottom or like the the little like extras in the bottom except it's just a fucking hot well, yeah, dog. Yeah, yeah. One of us <laughs> they turn it upside down the hot dog doesn't so come out. Two of us got the glizzy <laughs> blizzards, the glizzards, and one of us has a uh a glizzard the old fashioned way, which is turkey gizzards in your blizzard. Mm-hmm. You're and you have to Yeah, guess we which we all gotta figure which. out who's got what. They no. didn't label them like we asked for in the delivery yeah, instructions. We're, we're gonna pass them out randomly. No, no peeking to see if you got chunks of hot dog in there. We're just gonna take a big old spoonful or slurp. I can have. I don't think you can slurp. Blizzards. No, it's gotta be a gotta be a big old big old like hunkin' slurp. You yeah. gotta dive in with both feet. None of this pussy shit. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna take a hunky spoonful and see if we can get some turkey gizzard. Out of our glizzard or some glizzy, or if we're going to be gobbling some glizzies in our glizzard. Fine. <laughs> Take me out back. I'm done. I'm cooked. <laughs> you let me cook too long. I'm burnt. Shoot, shoot this jive turkey. I'm burnt. <laughs> Put him on tray watch. You, you had the out. I you like the word the glizzard too much. <laughs> <laughs> it's tr- <laughs> all right. Try watch time. <laughs> On that note, now that that audio can be isolated for for all time, <laughs> boys, that's coming back to haunt me. Well, um, Joey Vito is going to hear that <laughs> when he's like, you 10 know how years you old. were made, boy, with my glizzy. <laughs> this is your daddy. <laughs> I saw a funny TikTok of a, a new a new dad holding his kid. You know, he's fresh. A couple minutes uh, out of the out of the <laughs> oven, and he's crying <laughs> when they need to when they look like they he's need to go crying, back. Crying, holding him, it's so sweet. And then he's like, "You, you used to be my cum." <laughs> I'm like, he's not wrong. Like respect for for being willing to like bastardize this joyous occasion in your life for a. An okay joke. I, I think it's so the the first. <laughs> see, it's it's best if you have fun with the first one. They never come out just right. It's like yeah. pancakes. <laughs> <laughs> it's the starter pig. It always happens too. <laughs> My mom would always make pancakes. Her first batch never came out right. I, maybe the same is gonna be with Joey. Who knows. <laughs> And that's why I'm the third child. I'll put them back in. (laughs) (laughs) Nope, this one's not Uh, quite done yet. Let me check the batter. Make sure the batter's okay. Oh, yeah, it's fine. Okay. Is the oven too hot? Like, what was Um, up? (laughs) Where do we start? (laughs) I think we should leave. Let's just start with I think you should leave season three. Um, Yeah, it's cover. It's more Tim Robinson. All the Tim Robinson you could want. I'm sure I made it'll an be oopsie funny. whoopsie yesterday, thinking uh, the new season was out because uh, it was like promoted on, on Netflix. I, I just ended up watching a whole episode I had already seen. 
<laughs> oh, I've watched I've watched all yeah. the episodes like seven times at least. And certain sketches, like probably close to a hundred times. I think he's got some really fucking solid ones that have a lot of repeatability. And then there are some that are just like I mean it's the same thing with Tim and Eric. Some sketches are gonna land right. and kill and be like ingrained in your memory. Like Sloppy Sakes is a fucking classic. Yes. Iconic. Uh, <laughs> fucking the the haunted house. The haunted tour. house tour is great. It's great. And that's even Corn one that Cop I TV. didn't like so much. Oh. Corn Cop TV is fantastic. Um, Dan Flash's shirts. The uh, Cutco yeah. pants. Calico, Calico cut, yeah. cut pants. Calico yeah. cut pants. Fantastic. Um, it's just they those are those are keepers for sure. Um, that's the I mean I think that's the the real joy of of, of a good uh, skit show is that you can just like you just have a shotgun and you do accuracy by volume where you can just you can just plop out every idea you've thought of in the last two decades well, I think, onto one season I think of TV and like as what far as gonna hit. Well, as far as hit rate goes for a sketch show, I think I think you should leave as one of the higher hit rates. Yeah, I think so too. Um, like there are there are several episodes that are just wall to wall bangers. Yeah, the, the only one that comes close, I think, is um, is probably uh, Key and Peel as like sketch comedy, but they were a more mainstream sketch comedy, which arguably is harder. Yeah, and a lot of their stuff was kind of yeah. like. They relied a lot on uh, like four or five jokes, were like the punchline to eighty percent of their sketches. I mean, to be fair, a lot of Tim Robinson's content is the same. It's it's all around the same sort of vibe. Of... It's the same energy, yeah, yeah. but like the the punchlines get crazier and more. You take a really serious beat, and then you just splice it with really out there reactions and. Uh, just Tim Robinson can fucking send it mm-hmm. on whatever he wants. Just the combined, like that that one hundred and fifteen percent unhinged behavior, combine it with incredibly awkward silence. <laughs> it's a powerful combination. It is. It's solid. Um, much it's... like uh, cocaine and sharks. Um, this <laughs> this is not a real trailer. It is, it is, but it's an asylum movie, and the only reason it's getting traction is because Cocaine Bear was already that insane. So Cocaine Shark is just like, see, the thing is, I thought this was gonna be a real movie, like a real sequel to Cocaine Bear. Like they just, they just went right (laughs) for it and made another one. Um, But then I saw the effects and I was like, oh, this is an asylum movie. Okay, that that makes sense. Yeah, uh, making movies about sharks is really in right now. You got Big Shark, you got Meg Two, Meg Two, and you got um, Cocaine Shark, and maybe even another shark movie that I've not <laughs> mentioned. You know, they're always lurking around there. Yeah, the the <laughs> just, horror, just under the surface, the terror from the deeps. Rest in peace, terror from the deep. 2023 shark movies. Are there any new shark movies coming out in 2023? Oh, it's they're all talking about the Meg. Nah, you gotta go deeper than deeper that. than the Meg. I want something weirder than the Meg. You can't. 
Peter, we are we are among the deeper cutters in this in this sphere. Yeah, I really shouldn't be surprised. Uh, you can't really rely on people to cut much yeah, deeper than my, we do. Where's my sharktopus versus Croczilla? You know, Mechacroc versus yeah. Well, that's a twist. Is that? The birdemic birds oh, versus God. the Sharknado. Why did that never happen? That, that would that would have been a force to be reckoned with, literally. A natural phenomenon to be reckoned with. That's I think I think the Earth's magnetic poles would have shifted had that been released. The Earth <laughs> rotates off its <laughs> excess. Do you dig it, brothers? It's done. <laughs> um Oh, so we, we got a lot of like um, unlike cocaine shark. We got a lot of featurettes, and uh, we did get the final flash trailer as well. Um, yep, which gave um, I guess some added scenes. There there was some extra stuff. Uh, I I've been hearing a lot of pretty solid stuff about the movie, but then again, who knows who's been paid to say what? Um, yeah, like. I, I heard from a buddy. He's like, oh, yeah, no, I heard from this YouTube reviewer that, like, the the movie was, like, super hype, super great, uh, our local hype beast. Um, and I'm like, oh, cool, when's it coming out? It's like, next month. I'm like, why? <laughs> why are we doing a this now? A lot of reviews came out really early, say, trying to hype this up. Um, I think this does bring in a, a, a side conversation of, like, Ezra Miller is really fucked up, and I guess he's trying to change. Because, like, if this does as well as I think it will, he still has, like, a place in the DC um, extended universe. Well, Peter and I saw an article the other day from, I think, one of the editors on The Flash who said that people are going to forget Ezra Miller's crimes after seeing the movie. Yeah. It's just like... Look... I I find that hard to Yeah, but, like, also... It it's such a weird thing to talk about people's crimes because the justice system is so much slower than the press. So when Ezra was doing his crimes and torturing people, uh, <laughs> it was all over the media. We were hearing about it all the time. So we're like, he is enemy number one. And then this news cycle moved on. And... Is, he went dark for a while because he wasn't in anything, and now this movie's coming out, which this could be delayed for all we know to get people to forget about shit. Honestly, I I believe it. I think a delay would be very good for a lot of things. So I'm looking at this trailer, and a lot of the scenes are from the the battle with the Kryptonians, and it's a big, brightly lit battle scene, and it it really is showing off the seams of the VFX burnout that we've been seeing. Um, these are like game, like game cutscene level uh, graphics. Um, the, the, this movie is not getting delayed. Like, I think what Jake was saying is that it had been yeah. delayed. Like, I think it's ready to go because of what has happened. Like, yeah, they're this... holding on to it or <laughs> polishing it up really slowly. So people continue to forget about Ezra Miller. You know, you take it to an extreme. If this were released in two years, people would probably have very little issue with Ezra Miller being in it. Um, or at least the voices that are loud aren't going to be very prominent because they're like, okay, you know, we moved on. Um, 
so that being said, uh, we have to draw the parallel to Jonathan Majors, where he has been charged with assault. Um, he had his day in court also, uh, I believe. Yeah, I don't know if... Um, he had a court date. Yeah, so I, I think that's... Yeah, there was something that came out as well, uh, like an update to it, and I, and Disney's keeping it very close to the chest. And no articles are mentioning him. I think they're, they're they might be going back to the drawing board, but like, what if he isn't not innocent? But like, what if he did a fucky wucky and he settles, uh, or he just has to pay a big fine? Uh, you know, like the shit that happened with Trump. Because I don't think she's pressing charges. I think it's a state pressing charges um, on like domestic abuse. And if they settle and all he has to do is like plea and 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 just not do and jail also time. not say say more shit. Yeah. Do or, or do more shit. Yeah, yeah. Or and yeah, not say yeah, exactly. You know, keep your mouth infinite quiet fucking and not fuel the infinite money glitch. Exactly. Cause, she, <laughs> cause she's suing him for more. <laughs> and he's like and then he shit talks her about her suing him. And then the lawyers the the only lawyers left in the country that aren't public defenders and are still willing to take the case are just like rubbing their temples in, in frustration. <laughs> just pay the fine. <laughs> just, just don't pay. That would involve Donald Trump shutting I th- up. I think is, his ultimate game uh, plan impossible. is getting into our office and pardoning himself, if that's possible. <laughs> it I believe it would be, but also it's <laughs> just like that's his scapegoat. <laughs> <laughs> buys him another four years of time <laughs> but whatever um jonathan majors we i mean they have put him yes. on a pedestal no, for the here. mcu uh could they have a similar ezra miller effect down the line they could just recast <laughs> they could. him they could do that too <laughs> they've done but, it before um <laughs> do you remember when terrence howard no, yeah, was ready? I, I, I do it's, it's been done <laughs> i mean do you remember when Gina Carano was in <laughs> movies? Yeah, no, I mean, arguably, I would think that what Jonathan Majors did was way worse, uh, even if it's like over. Oh, it was a thousand times. Gina Carano just had a yeah, very unpopular a opinion take. she wouldn't apologize for. <laughs> so it's like, why is Disney keeping. And then people kind of proved her point a little bit by like witch hunting her out of her job. Yeah. I mean, it's, uh, Hey, when dealing with a mouse, it's, uh, don't want to cross it. Don't take no um, shit. So I don't know. Could they, could they wait and bide the time and, and see if we can get the Ezra Miller effect on, on Jonathan Majors or just cut their loss and put their money behind somebody else. And, uh, and recast him. That, that might work. And honestly, I honestly wouldn't care to be quite honest. I I don't have much water behind. Yeah, it. like what is? I just feel bad for like I don't people I don't... have to redo all the scenes, and I know it's going to cost them a lot of money. So, well, it's oh. not going to happen. Anytime who knows soon. how much they've shot of these these way out movies? That so he's the be only in. thing that he's set to be in next would be Loki season two. And there are rumors already going around that they're doing a ton of reshoots, which might validate or might, uh, you know, confirm that they could be trying to recast Jonathan Jonathan Majors. Yeah. Or at least hedge yeah, their yeah, bets. Yeah, totally. Could, could at least have it there in case 
an innocent plea gets out or something like that. But um, yeah. Well, anyway, that's the yeah, Flash. I mean, we all we all know what the Flash is gonna be about. There's just more scenes out there, so go. Oh, we can't. And actually, I feel like it showed a, a much different like part of the movie. It felt yeah, like so it showed more of like the. They talked more about him going back in time, trying to change stuff that happened, trying to save his mom, um, and then him bumping into his past self somehow. Mm-hmm. So there's gonna be two flashes, and then um, a little bit more about Kara Zarel. Yeah, and a few different shots of like urban conflict. Yeah, yeah. We'll see if um. Uh, we'll see if the rumors about like a dark flash is true because that is <laughs> supposedly the enemy in here. Um, is oh, is dark flash a uh, thing? Is is Zod not, not the, the enemy reverse here? Flash or Doctor Zoom? <laughs> no, so the rumor, the rumor is because a toy was leaked, and it looks like they've had they've seen glimpses of it uh, in here that there's a Kryptonian uh, that was like did some science to um and was given flash power somehow not sure if they like steal flash if zod like steals but like other than not technically connecting to the speed force superman is nearly as fast Mm -hmm. as the flash (laughs) so why the hell would a kryptonian ever bother to do all that science for like i don't know i don't know 3% 3% speed increase. I don't know. Um, well, maybe maybe they want to do time travel. They'll, they want to conquer all the universes. It's the march well, of the Mishy Kryptonians. The Superman has on multiple occasions literally reversed the spin of the Earth to turn back time. So yeah, I don't I don't it's know sad. if uh, I hope I hope it's just Zod, you know, or maybe something completely different that we haven't seen yet. But. Yeah, because Zod, I feel Zod got shafted a little bit in Man of Steel. Yeah, yeah, or so, or something that so, we're not I, even seeing that, like, you know, completely out there. I, I have no idea. Yeah, um, but that's Flash. We'll see if it has any problems, like uh, <laughs> problemistas. Nice. Hey, that's a that's a seg and away and a twenty four movie. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah. This A24. is twenty four movies. They, I think they made more than twenty four movies. Uh, at this Count. point, they've made so much more. Are they are they like um, a Chinese restaurant where the the wok and the number is the size of their biggest wok? So now they have to like every time <laughs> they get a big wok, they have to change the name of their restaurant. We had one of those. We had Walk 26, and then they bought a 28-inch Walk, and they changed their name to Walk 28. You know what? It I, seems I like can't so say much... I've ever, uh, ever had that. Uh, yeah, I've never, ha- I've never experienced a Chinese restaurant that was just named Walk and then a number. And, uh, I mean, that seems like so much more effort. Yeah, the, the, <laughs> at least the worked. code where we're from is like, it's like, China Walk or Golden Dragon. Yeah, it has Bay, to have Jade China Palace. Dragon um, East or Walk. Yeah, these are the special name. ones. I yeah. went to one today, which was maybe a, a different one, where it was Walk Two, 
so I can only imagine it was a two foot walk. Um, Tiny and, walk. I want. I imagine two inch walk. And uh, and and their shit was so good because you know you know the shit's gonna be good when you go in and the pictures above the the bar are faded. Are all oh. sun bleached. <laughs> oh, like, shit. You gotta you gotta find like a color swatch from uh from Home Depot of like faded green and you hold it up to the sign you're like yep. yes sir yes sir <laughs> you know what's a bucket list item that i just thought of and probably isn't accomplishable but i want to eat at the original chinese restaurant that all of the stock photos of chinese <laughs> dishes that are used in every chinese <laughs> restaurant are from i want to go there yeah where did they do the marketing shots oh. what 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 restaurant depot booklet do they order their shit off of? Because they all got the same stuff too. Yeah, I I kind of want to go there or like go to the um, I guess I guess they changed the companies right the the uh, fortune cookie manufacturer right because it's a different oh, one no. now. That's yeah, it used to be uh, one company and now it's it's another. They broke up that. <laughs> they're not as good. So they're gonna break up that monopoly, but not. <laughs> Not the monopolies exactly. that actually affect us, like our ISPs. Come on. When I said return the fortune to the people, it's not what I meant. <laughs> um, so, problem, <laughs> problemista. We, we maybe talk about problemista. Um, it's it's a twenty four. Yeah. It's yeah. It's like it's... the I don't know. I this would be this is too clickbaity Hollywood, um, but. I'll say, oh, it's the Latin everything everywhere all at once. I was gonna say this is like life is, uh, or <laughs> life is whatever. Uh, fuck me, Bo is afraid, but like less mind fucky and sad. Um, yeah, it seems like a pretty straightforward kind of allegory, or you know, I, yeah, visual symbolism <laughs> seems pretty, pretty uh, uncomplicated. Mm-hmm. Like oh yeah, it's... they don't get a job they get they fall they fall off the they earth disappear. or they they leave the earth. Um, whatever. I, I don't know. It's Tilda Swinton. Yeah, it's it's a a a twenty four stylized got, coming of age kind of deal. Yeah the uh, the cast is perhaps the strangest ensemble I've ever read on Trey Watch of. Julio Torres, Riza, and Tilda Swinton. Yeah, um, this definitely it it feels very much to me. It's got that flavor of um, Latin magical realism. If you know, you know. Um, shit. Uh, it's just that that kind of a genre of movie. So if you've seen uh, other movies in that genre, like uh, what, like Tortilla Soup, I think that's a big one want to say i could be wrong um, i would not lump this in with, with that oh that's well, someone didn't take spanish in high schools yeah. um let's see uh what it's a movie that's big stars hector nervosi or i guess jerry stiller yeah like fucking yeah 100 years of solitude oh yeah like water for chocolate i, I that's the one i was thinking of um mm. Yeah. Sen- Senor Vivo and the Coca Lord. Oh yeah. It's it's a whole it's a whole genre of books. Uh and this feels very much like it. So I'm sure the people who are into that will find this and be like, Yep, this is right up my alley. Oh my god. Time to watch it. The main character's gay though. 
definitely can't watch this movie. <sighs> yeah, I mean it, it's 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 there's been a lot of movies about you know the the immigrant coming to America, trying to pursue the American dream, having a, a tough time of it, and this is that kind of story, but told with the characteristic A twenty four weirdness that you would expect. And he's gay. Guys, he's gay. Sure is. Um, also looks like a discount Justin Long. He does. Yes. Yeah, but it doesn't even look like a Hispanic. Mm-hmm. He's got that. Until the Swin is out here. Existing. He's got that white passing skin. He's a light skinned man. They got it so He's easy. He's got the Alfie hair. He's got the one Alfie hair. <laughs> yeah. Um, so that's. That's problemista, that. <laughs> and talk about another problemista yep. and racial things and shit like that um, is the color purple, which back in the Roman Empire days, uh, yeah, right. The Roman Empire days. A little little factoid for you: purple was uh, the color of royalty because that dye was very hard to get. It was a tough dye to procure. And uh, if you were wearing purple and you had purple dyed clothes, it was expensive. So, yep, perp, Very true. correct. <laughs> perp, like, so, like the drink. Um, yeah, this is a remake of the 1984-85 uh, Spielberg classic, The Color Purple, the movie for which Whoopi Goldberg is. Famous. Hmm. Yep. Um, this is, or at least, this is uh, what this is part of uh, Steven Spielberg's uh, his musical remake sort of uh, thing he's doing right now. Because um, he did I don't, uh, West Side Story. This is this is years. not Spielberg. Yeah, Spielberg directing. It's uh Spielberg directed the original one. Well, it's got him oh, in the credits does, yeah. at the end of this. Maybe did did Spielberg yeah. write he, it or something like that? Is he a producer? Fuck Maybe it. they have to give him a credit for adapting his screenplay if he wrote the first. No, because the color purple is a oh. book. I'm pretty yes, sure. That's what I thought. Um, Christmas Day, produced by Scott Sanders, based on the novel by Alice Walker, screenplay by Marcus Gardley, directed by Blitz Bowell. Uh, yeah, just okay. he's a producer. So they'll, so they'll use Quincy the... Jones and Oprah Winfrey. <laughs> so he's about as involved as any of them, I'm sure. They'll probably consult him for, you know, creative consultations, talking to a guy about his creative choices. That's the job of being a creative if, consultant. If uh, Except he's a producer. If he was on set for more than, th- like, five days of shooting, I would be surprised. <laughs> Mm-hmm. I th- those <laughs> and the and the film covered in those five days is going to be absolutely astounding. So I was I was going to the um so the cast is uh Halle Berry and not a wait Halle or Haley. Sorry, there's another Berry on the Jesus list. Jesus Christ, I'm I'm dumb. I'm sorry. My apologies to all the uh, Halle. Bailey fans out there. 
that I got her. Pally Bally. I should have. I should have understood. I. I'll repent. Uh, yeah, there's not a lot of like huge names except for I mean Hallie Bailey is getting up there in names. Uh, I had to do a double take at who her was. I don't know who the fuck a her is. What's a her? Apparently, she does the music, and she's a musician. Oh, oh yeah, her is a, a musician. My my ex listened to her stuff. Uh, she's, I guess you would call it a rapper. Most of her shit is spoken word. Gotcha. It's like slam poetry. It's not my thing. <laughs> it's like the visionary of our time, cake. <laughs> Love cake. Um, Love cake. Taraji P. Henson, Coleman Domingo, Elizabeth Marvell. Uh, I'm going to butcher this. Ayun Johnway, Ellis Taylor, Corey Hawkins. There's a big cast here. Um, I think it. I think it has a time jump. If I'm not mistaken, yes, it, it appears that there yes. is a it, yes. The story is told over so four decades. You're gonna have a lot of characters in this, um, and yeah, like I mean, this movie exists. <laughs> Like you can go watch the color purple <laughs> on Max right now. It's an Academy Award winning movie. You'll have a good time. Well, I mean, it's I just, a it's a very it's a sad subject matter. Is you know anything could happen? <laughs> who knows? Who knows what's what this movie is even going to be about? Probably a color purple. I don't know what a color purple is. What what is what does the color it's, purple mean? It's kind of a euphemism for colored people. I believe. Who, what I was gonna, I was gonna call oh. you guys out, material scientists. What's the wavelength? How many nanometers? Oh, I don't, geez, fucking, I don't know. fucking know. Seven ninety. I don't memorize that shit. I'm not Rain sounds, Man. You know what, Jake? That's as good as I can guess. So we're gonna go with that. It's a lot of I nanometers. It's a relatively large amount of nanometers. Um, I mean, yeah, it's a shorter it's a, wave. Ah, I was off. The other one, other other side, it was low. Oh, it was four twenty. Uh, it was like two hundred, four twenty-five. Okay. Yeah, four four twenty nanometers, ah! baby. I I pr- I probably would have guessed in like the six hundred range, but yeah, there there's no colors in seven. Six hundred is like red, right? That's like is orange red. red. Yeah, the other, the other yeah. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Um. But yeah. Uh, Hallie Bailey is like the default. Uh, we need young black woman to sing in movie casting choice. It well, seems. She, I mean, she just got that role in in uh, Little yeah, Mermaid. She, she was also, I think, she was Nala in The Lion King. Oh, young okay. Nala, at least. I yeah. Other than I know nothing about that movie other than Pride Rock. Dude, <laughs> Dude Pride Rock. Pride Rock. Uh, let me. I will do some investigation into I've, this. I've heard one thing about the Little Mermaid that people are already clowning on. Uh, one of the new songs in there that was sung by Aquafina and uh, whoever, whoever the crab was. Whoever yeah, voices whoever Sebastian, the, yeah. Sebastian uh, crab. I guess it was written by Lin Manuel Miranda, so I, I guess maybe he's got a couple songs in there, and. Um, it's uh, not his best. Well, I think the people performing the song might have 
more to do with its lack of quality I, than I also imagine. You know the uh, the track record of new original songs for Dis- for the Disney remakes has not been a uh, the old multi platinum sellers. Yeah, I've uh, I've read a couple reviews for um, the Little Mermaid from like Disney adults. They don't like it. <laughs> um, so it's it's kind of like. It's kind of like most of these remakes have been, where they're not super well re- regarded, but they make a ton of money. So, about the remakes, I, I heard something, uh, got like a, a lowdown on like the history of Disney and their releases. Um, and like people are probably like, oh, why are there so many like live action remakes? Why is this whole slew? Why do they have to do all of them? And I think part of it, big part of it is because um, they haven't been able to re-release anything and make money off of it in a long ass time uh, because right the Disney vault yes, has not been uh, a big cash the history now. on the Disney vault really interesting going back to how many uh, movies and how much money they would make they would make fucking hand over fist on VC oh you're creating an artificial Disney. scarcity yeah. In the day of the VHS, yeah. Uh, and, and, you know, VHS were very, like, rare and, and that you couldn't get your hands on a lot of them. They were, like, sort of a... They used to be, like, way back in the day. Uh, used to be a very, like, higher-end thing. Because if you had a TV set, holy shit. If you had a VCR player, holy shit! And if you could add movies to that, oh, <laughs> you're in the Ritz, baby. I mean, you... You listen to you look at any coming soon to VHS and DVD uh, for any movie in like 2000 to 2004, you know, maybe 1999 to 2004. Uh, yeah, it's, it's like 98 to you know, three. Relive the magic, yeah, it, with Pinocchio, yeah, before it goes back into the Disney vault. I mean, it's it is it is just it's weird, right? Because if that's the goal. Why go all in on Disney Plus and put all that stuff out there? Why not just like ransom out streaming rights for these movies to these other companies? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, it's but but it, I guess the interesting thing is that this whole live action remake thing is not a whole lot different than what they used to do in terms of just like re releasing even to theaters old movies that they used to make that are maybe visually updated and, and they look a lot nicer for the new bigger screens, whatever, um, and get them in there and release them again. Um, it, it is hard to think that the only time we used to be able to see a certain movie was like when it was in theaters and it could only be in theaters for like a f- couple months, three months or something like that. And then it is yeah, like that is wild. locked away like by, a, time... by a you know black and white mouse with his grimy little top hat and shit. Mm-hmm. And I mean, just movies in general, like it, this is just a general thing that I, I think about sometimes. Like there was a time when like a theatrical release was the only time you were going to see a movie. They just had no plans for it after after it had its run. Well, like, they had no means of distribution like before yeah. before the television came out in the 50s. Like you couldn't. You yeah. released these movies. You played it, it was a hit, but no one cares. And then you throw it in a salt mine. Uh-huh. He said, so I and guess someday when, we're going to re-release it. TV 
you know, kind of became a thing. And then you would maybe be able to see a movie on TV. But that was it. Like, home video didn't come around until, like, the 80s. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So it's, it's um, it, it kind of put this into a different perspective, knowing the history a little bit more. Because I'm like, uh, I just feel like these Disney movies are just getting, like, less and less impressive and less and less. Um, I don't know. What was, like, the first one that was, like, kind of it? I guess Beauty and the Beast was, like, interesting to me to go see. That was towards the first, and that was pretty well received, as yeah, I recall. What was, was that the um, first one? That was the like the maybe, Disney Renaissance. Yeah, was one that or really Jungle hated. Book? No, I think the Disney Renaissance was that. I thought that Little Mermaid might have been before that, wasn't it? Little Mermaid yes, was nineteen eighty nine. Little Mermaid, then Beauty and the Beast, then Aladdin, because the guy who did the music for them died before Aladdin was released. Right. Um, yeah. So it's. I think it's dedicated to him, if I remember correctly. Sounds. Sounds believable. Um, yeah. So, like, they're just all... They became more and more soulless and transparent. And then they, they've done a bunch of them and just released them in spite of any hype. Like, y'all remember that they did one for yeah. Dumbo? <laughs> well, they have... Was that in theaters? It had Danny DeVito in it. Was, Danny DeVito is a recurring Disney staple. Because... Y'all remember when they did one for Pinocchio? That came well, out last like year. Four for well, not Disney, but um, there were four like Pinocchio remakes. Uh, yeah, but Disney produced a Robert Zemeckis directed version of Pinocchio starring Tom Hanks, and no one fucking cares. Yeah, well, the, the Pinocchio <laughs> one they made was fucking Garbo, um, and. It was weird because the the Guillermo del Toro came out like a year after, and won awards because just better movie. It had similar yep. beats. It was just better. Um, well, of course, that's they're both telling the same story. <laughs> uh, so I think um, I think uh, Guillermo del Toro had a little bit of a different story to it, slightly different story. Well, I mean, it's the same same overarching like... beats, yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> but it's just done and executed better with uh, Guillermo del Toro. Well, I mean, one of them is a director who you know works. I'm, I'm not trying to shit on Robert Zemeckis, <laughs> no, but this it. is Kill like <laughs> no, Robert Zemeckis made has made like three of my favorite movies, in the first two Back to the Futures and Forrest Gump. Like he's he's a talented guy. I'm not trying to shit on him, but like it's the machine of Disney. Like everyone's in here because it's gonna be a, an easy paycheck. The the pa- it's not a passion project. Like Guillermo del Toro doesn't work on movies unless like he's really invested in them, and so you get more attention to detail, more giving of a shit. So like whereas on you know the Disney set. If they have a take that's you know good enough, they'll be like, okay, it's in the can. But with Guillermo del Toro, he'd be like, no, 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 not quite right. We gotta try it again. We can get better. Well, you know, I think around 2019, I think um, they they fell into a well. That was the release date, so it was before 2019. So 2017, 2018, they did kind of their pre MCU Disney Plus show vomit 
where I think they would simultaneously develop these movies at the same time to try to cut costs, film them around the same time, and just churn them out. I'm looking at the release dates of like we got we got Dumbo, uh, March 2019. We got Aladdin, May 2019, and we got The Lion King, July 2019. Not done yet. Maleficent. Shit, those all came out in 2019. Maleficent 2, October 2019. Lady and the Tramp, November 2019. Like, that this that's, came when out. They, that's That was direct to Disney Plus, though. That's release date, yeah. So some of these, yeah, Lady and the Tramp, I think, was direct to Disney Plus. But, you know, it still had the production efforts and writing. But, guys, it's okay because we're going to get the Quest Love directed remake of the aristocats <laughs> <laughs> in november i actually watched lady in the train that's that happening this year <laughs> i can't wait when they come will, out with, will... when they come out with robin hood again then then you can call me call me up yeah they haven't done robin hood that's actually one of the give me that give me that remastered from the hamster dance song, the the demastered remastered hamster dance song to its original no, sample as it was in the Robin Hood dude, movie. Disney's way too fucking afraid because they're gonna be like, "Oh, what if people actually read into the message about stealing from the rich, giving back to the poor?" They're just gonna like break into our parks and steal our like shitty food. Is that why we haven't had a? Uh... Robin Hood movie come out since the Occupy yeah, Wall Street movement. Yeah. They don't want to spread <laughs> oh, that message. Y'all remember? <laughs> y'all remember um, that Robin Hood movie where he had like a semi-auto crossbow and it was like he came back from Afghanistan. Oh shit! You're right. I I just lied through my fucking teeth because there was a Robin Hood movie that came out in like 2017 or 2018. <laughs> no, it was like that. a medieval casino and scene. I, rem- I remember they- everyone clowning on it because the hood in the trailer had like sewing machine <laughs> stitch lines on it. So you can tell everyone cared special, deeply. Special forces Robin Hood. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're going to oh do Robin God. Hood, but straight out of Afghanistan. I did a a tour in the Crusades. (laughs) Robin Hood 2018. (laughs) That's... Yes. Oh, my my Lord. Hour and 56 minutes long. Almost two hours long. So that's the color. Starring Taron Egerton. Yeah, Taron Egerton. Yeah, (laughs) that's who it was. And uh, was it... Eggerman. Was it it Jamie Foxx? Jamie Jamie Foxx was in it, yeah. Yes. Jamie Foxx is... Was he uh, Little John? Uh, no. He's yeah, yeah. I liked him better in that vampire movie. Oh, okay. I I I remember which character, um, Jamie Fox was. Um, so that was that was the color purple. He might have been the the little John stand-in because I don't see a little John in the cast list. Now, before we get too into the weeds, uh, we should at least discuss Barbie official trailer. Barbie trailer. Hold on. I have I have one last okay. point to make about this this uh now like 5-year-old movie. Um if you were going to give Robin Hood a black sidekick, why would you not just cast little John? For the role of Little John. Oh. <laughs> like. Yeah. Yeah. That's Fine. money. That's a license to print fucking money. No wonder this movie fucking yeah. sucked. They had no vision. Up. 
a slam dunk. Uh, it was right there. It was on a silver platter. And I messed up. Which, um, one more thing before we get to our last oh. kind of trailer. For, <laughs> I guess a uh, quick shout out to Secret Invasion for being Secret Invasion, I guess. Um, just reminder, go go to webhamster.com. It's the, it's the OG, it, a slice of internet history. The old Samuel school L. Uh, hamster dance. Uh, it's a little different. Doesn't play it automatically anymore, but it plays yeah, it plays the hamster dance song. The, the nine the second r- clip and has like a thousand gifs of of hamsters dancing. With the uh, release of Secret Invasion, I think now is an appropriate time to remind everyone that Samuel L. Jackson is seventy four years old. Jesus. Yeah. Hey. Okay. At now least they, this. At least they dusted him up as a little grizzled this time. Now this isn't. I don't think this is. Uh, racially charged, but are you gonna say black don't crack? Boy, is that ever true! Black do not crack. Um, that is a. I think it's not. It's not just black don't crack. I think it's just the p- simple fact that they use Hollywood. a lot of lotion. And yeah, a I agree. With Hollywood Burr's, magic in there too. With Bill Burr's take that it's because black people have like a real incentive to like take care yeah. of their skin because like they get visibly ashy yeah white people do not have this problem yeah we don't and and uh you know italians have been have been riding the oh my skin actively produces olive oil yeah. ride for too long and uh it catches that's why they're very greasy it catches up with you that olive like, oil is yeah good. like you know how your fingers get a little wrinkly in the shower because it gets too yeah. wet like that happens with Italians' entire body. Yeah, it's just as they get older. Have you ever seen a little Italian? They're all like five four and shriveled up like a. Oh yeah, no, they shrink, but they keep plum. the same amount of skin. My mom has shrunk so yeah. in years, and I I believe it is because she has not retained as much olive oil as she normally has in her body. As I mean, if you leave them in the oven long enough, the moisture kind of leaves, kind of heads out, and they they kind of bake down. Yeah. They become a dried fruit. Whenever I see her walking around, the sauce reduces, it reduces. <laughs> it's but it's just that much more flavor. Whenever she's walking around Whoa. Florida like barefoot, I always hear like a like she's seasoning up a nice concrete pan in the Florida heat. You can fry an egg on on those streets on those feet. You can fry an egg on them feet. Anyways, All right. talking well, let's about talk feet, quickly about uh, it is relative Barbie in Barbie. Um, bec- I guess it is somewhat yeah, relevant. We, yeah, we do get a nice shot of Margot Robbie's dogs in the opening thing of this trailer <laughs> for free. <laughs> for free, uh, we get one later in the trailer for free. Well, we got plenty of that in uh, Wolf oh, of Wall Street. Yeah. So, hey, it only helps. Her her feet finder <laughs> score yep. is only gonna go up. Um, I do appreciate though um, what they've given us the plot, and it is Barbie escapes Plato's cave and leaves the yeah. Matrix. Yo, so there so, was a Disney uh, uh, Disney Channel original movie like this, right? Um. Uh, no, that's just uh, Enchanted or whatever, where Amy Adams is a Disney princess who finds herself in the real world. Right. Uh, I, in that respect, there is a similarity, but like, instead of like Barbie like being disillusioned with reality and like having an, an ego death, so 
Like, the character in Enchanted just is there. There was a movie in uh, March 5th, 2000. Sorry, the original network was ABC. Yeah, okay. So it is a Disney uh, decom called Life Size, based on the novel Life Size, where Lindsay Lohan's character, uh, I think, wished. His name I haven't heard in a minute. Uh, wished for her. Um, doll to become real or some shit uh and tyra banks the doll mm-hmm. uh became real uh and had to adapt to the the oddities of uh the, the things real of world. modern life yeah. yeah that's been yeah that's that's been done a lot that in is a lot of that ways. is wild i the fact that that i'm just looking at the fucking <laughs> the uh the poster art it's like jesus that was that was that was, Lindsay Lohan was a child star and Tyra Banks was a regular star at one point. Good God! Um, yeah, no, Lindsay this... Lohan had a career into her like mid-teens, I think. Mm-hmm. But um, talking about this this trailer, um, I mean, we kind of expected that. Like, if you're gonna do a Barbie movie, the way to do it is to just take it off the fucking deep end. Um, if you're going to make it, it, you know, impactful at all. And I think they're, I think they're kind of doing that as much as they can with yeah. Barbie it's... versus Mattel, <laughs> like bold move of Mattel to cast Mattel as the bad guys. That's a cold yeah. move. Like you don't even give a shit. So there was when last we discussed, Barbie on the show. Jake brought forth a rumored connection between this movie and the Lego movie. Having seen this first trailer, I am 85% sure that there will be a connection between the two. We did the research. Mattel acquired Lego from Hasbro in 2017. That was so for Lego movie too. Yes, so they they have film rights presumptively, and obviously Mattel owns Barbie. Will Ferrell is cast in pretty much the same character role as he was in the Lego movie. Too much of a coincidence. This is going to be, it's going to be revealed to be the bizarre twisted imaginations of the little sister. (laughs) And yep. it's probably just, it's probably not going to be much. It's probably just going to be like a, maybe even an end credit scene uh, connecting the two. But everyone's going to be like, oh, how yeah, neat. We're calling it here first. And then word of mouth is going to drive people to this movie to see that scene at the end. And it's going to make a surprising amount of money. Yeah. Yeah. I think this is a, it's the same recipe. I, I mean, the similarities with the Lego movie don't stop at Will Ferrell. <laughs> <laughs> this is this is a recipe for um you know a little a little more subversive kind of thing like the Lego movie was where it, it had some actual kind of comedy chops behind it and um I like it here too like the uh the jokes are like good jokes Kate McKinnon is in here as like a, a at least a good role they actually Yeah, I think she's like what looks to be weird, a pretty funny character the weird like old Barbie that yeah. had the hair cut off and, she's, and whatnot. She's the Barbie that got experimented on, painted, the haircut, shit drawn on her eyes, and 
Yep. I, I don't think there's a better role for Kate McKinnon. Or There's no one better for this particular yeah. role than Kate Ryan McKinnon. Ryan Gosling out here as uh, the best version of the himbo trope. Just absolutely living yeah. it and loving it. Yeah, I think he had fun with this. Can I just do one appendectomy? <laughs> Can I talk to a doctor? Give me a clicky pen. That's all it is. Oh, it's all been a doctor. Yeah, that's a weird... That was, I mean, it was, I guess, a a uh, put in there to kind of showcase Ken as 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 much of a person as he's going to be in this movie. But like, it, it seemed an odd occlusion to the trailer just from a uh, story it's perspective. A good little like, stinger. It's, it's so. not as strong a joke as to warrant that, but yeah, I mean, this will be interesting. I I still probably won't go see it in theaters. I think I'm very, I am actually really tempted to do the Oppenheimer Barbie double feature. <laughs> is um, that is that a yeah, thing? We'll, is there a double feature out there? They're coming out the same day. Like, if it's not natural double feature, it's me walking yeah, out yeah, yeah. of Oppenheimer and walking into Barbie. I want to. I yeah, want to drive through or drive in. You see that? That's actually. I've tried to do double features. Around here, and it's a lot harder to get the times to line up correctly than you would think. Yeah, but then again, I don't have to pay for tickets. I've already I've already paid for all my tickets, so yeah. taking a little layover in the food court seems like a, a good compromise. We want to hit them both at the same time. Yeah, I will. I mean, obviously, on that day, I will be going to see Oppenheimer and. Yeah. After a nearly three-hour movie, I don't think I'm going to want to go see another movie. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, where's, your, where's your spirit? Where's your, your sense of adventure? Um, oh, maybe. Also, I don't know that I can, like, by, by myself or even with my other good male friend as a, a man pushing 30 years old walk into the Barbie movie. <laughs> It's just that's just because you lack conviction. I like I've, I do like that they also had the uh, I feel like it's a bad optic. psychology marketing where it's like if you hate Barbie, come see this movie. <laughs> I I think it will be a very good movie very smart for non Barbie fans because I mean I never had a Barbie growing growing up obviously and I my parents played the strict gender uh, gender norms very by the book um, so very mm-hmm. anti Barbie. And now I can go see it in movies. Because I'm an adult. That's what adults do, okay? They go see little right. kid movies. You go see... Go all by himself to see the Barbie You movie. go all by yourself <laughs> to surround yourself with a bunch of little kids and see what'll happen. Yeah, that's another thing. Like, I don't know I want to be well, in a theater with... I think it's PG-13. Am I, am I wrong? It's okay, Kurt. Just go sit... You get a seat in the back. There were fucking kids in Deadpool. Curl up up real tight so that no one can see you. You you wear your sunglasses so that uh, yes, that that definitely they can't see you. Yes, I I definitely will not arouse inconspicuous. I will not arouse suspicion at all. You Um, could rent a kid or a small person and treat them like they're your kid. And just be they like, should honestly fucking do that for amusement parks, like to get on the kiddie rides as an adult. 
Like just rent a kid for an hour. <laughs> rent a kid. There's surely well, no ethical concerns with that. Do that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they're already el- eligible for work. <laughs> and I'm sure fucking being a the uh, designated caddy at the fucking Disney World is a lot nicer than working at the meatpacking plant. Ah, uh, nah. Meatpacking plant has air conditioning. <laughs> <laughs> Put the laughter in Slaughterhouse. <laughs> um, All right. So well, that's let's, let's wrap up this fucking hour and four minute abomination of a tray watch. Really. What's the rating for uh, Barbie? Am I dumb? Where's it on IMDb? I don't think it's been rated yet. I mean, yes, but... Um, Has it not been it rated yet? I haven't seen it in any of the marketing materials. How has it not been? Um, <laughs> it's coming out in like a month, right? What's the what's the name it's of the rating? July. It's not, I want to say the ESRB, but that's not true. It's uh, the MMPA. No, it's July, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay, okay. MPA. Okay, yeah. Um, or MPAA. Yeah. Not... All right, anyway, I, I guess they're follow. looking, they're expecting to rate it PG-13. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. All right, time for the follow-up. And in, follow up. in that position. Pole position. We have, in, in the pole position, we got Fast X. Ooh, good one, Jake. Good one, Kurt. Both Bring kudos. it in. Bring it in $67 million in its opening week um not a bad opening week but it it feels a little little small yep it's a very this is a very uh tight week this week for sure i think this might be like the we might be reaching the police academy junction point (laughs) where they're just gonna make fast and furious movies until they don't make money anymore and this might be the tipping point yep Uh, when when vin diesel stops having fun He's just going to say, all right, we're good. I mean, it has made $352 million worldwide already, so I got to think it's at least almost in the black. <laughs> I li- but. Like, side note about the Fast and the Furious movies, like, how cool would it be to be the guy who gets to choose what cars go in the movie every time? Like, imagine, like, you're a little kid, like, an you're a little kid car fan, right? You love your Hot Wheels, you love... Like all the all auto shit, the car shows, and you're like, when you grow up and you get your fucking job in Hollywood, and they say your job is to choose the coolest cars for the Fast and the Furious movie, and they're gonna like drive your car into like space and up a building. Well, and we'll, we'll not pay you infinity many dollars to get your Lamborghini Magini. It's probably a firm they consult with. Um, and it's just the regular prop master. Like I, I, in the best case scenario, the prop master that that's worked on these films was really into cars and is realizing that kind of dream. It's but Jay a Lennon. far more realistic scenario. Look at little Maserati. He does a lot of he does a lot it's of Jay other Leno. shit around set and fucking. That's my awful Jay Leno. The only thing I've that seen is, that, from this has been the um. Uh, there's the, the I guess the finale sort of, uh, where you have like Dom Toretto or whoever Vin Diesel is with his kid in the car, and they're driving down the dam, 
um, and the fire that was mm-hmm. the explosion that happens on top of the dam chases them down uh, the dam. You know, as just like uh, just like the ice in Day After Tomorrow. Yeah. I, you know, these I forces hear... of nature, they can, they have a direction. They can follow you. It, you know, I hear I hear incredulity in your voice, Jake, and I don't know why. That seems perfectly on uh, above board. It to was me. when the fire took like a almost sentient life, and he had to race against the fire. When the fire pulled a hard left, and turn. then he he activated his nitro to, um, like, zip out of the the explosion out of the fire, and the blue fi- fire of the nitro was like different from the red fire. Man, yeah, it's a, a counteract. See, it counteracts. Yeah. Well, Blue I fire mean, is if cold it's... fire, you're shooting all the cold <laughs> out the back. Good fire. So the engine is hot. If I've learned anything from Star Wars, color it's just theory. efficiency. You need that temperature gradient. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a. Uh... All right. Anyway, well, you're going to learn a lot more about Fast X because Fast X is, has sped its way into our spotlight. Um, yeah. So let's let's take a look at how Fast X is doing around. The, uh, real, the critical sphere here. With reviewers more real than the racing scenes in Fast X. Yes, far more real. But even the fake critics have have things to say about this movie. It's got a, a shockingly high 55% fresh on Rotten Tomatoes from critic score. 55% on Metacritic, 6.3 out of 10 on IMDb, which is notably not that much lower than the original Fast and Furious. Um, does that mean that the movies were never good? You decide. <laughs> um, okay. So we'll start our, our real reviewer, uh, reviews here with, uh, <laughs> uh, I'm going to try this. I don't know if this is supposed to be a name or if there's typos or whatever, uh, but Prabhav Gupta Ja. <laughs> Uh, two five eight nine zero. So there were several that tried to grab that username. It would seem. Uh, Fast X, better than F nine. Fast X has everything fan want: good plot, bombastic action sequences, villain funny style. Jason Momoa steals the show. Don't care about others. Say, don't care about others. Say, trust me, is the most. Is the explosive summer blockbuster till Mission Impossible 7 comes out after 8 and 9. This is one of the best fast movies ever mad, but the ending of this film will shock you, and it made you curious to know what happens next. And I think Vin Diesel should release Fast X Part 2 as soon as possible in mid-2024. Because (laughs) this is the epic conclusion to Epic Saga... Ames, played by Alan Richson, is also very cool, and OMG Brie Larson was saying, was slaying as hell. Just wanna say go and watch the movie. It will blow your mind off. Three exclamation points. Not ports. blow my mind off. I, I love that. I, I want that as like a little shit, a little button. It'll blow your mind off. And it is a lot better than F9, The Fast Saga. Oh. 75 out of 199 found that helpful. (laughs) That's way too much engagement. Well, this is a 100% found helpful rating. I will save the best for last, so I will read this one for right now. 
Shay Volek said one out of ten. Is this a Hot Wheels live cartoon movie? Hmm. Just asking questions. Hmm. This should have been titled Fast X Hot Wheels Ludicrous Movie. Every two minutes, I was like, are you serious? Uh, with more exclamations at the end. Uh, last time, they went to space in a ludicrous... That's the second time I said ludicrous. Big fan of ludicrous. Yes, ludicrous is in these movies. Uh, ludicrous. So last time they went to space in a ludicrous speed with no NASA training. Really? They've gone to plat. What is next? Going to the dark side of the moon and fight Transformers side by side with Marvel or DC characters? This is a franchise where... I'd watch that. ...where the bad guys turn good guys in the next sequel and where characters come back from the dead. The Jason, my man Momoa character... Is ridiculous. Oh my shit! They they was it they in there? recognize the vibe. Okay, I added that for us. <laughs> I, you, I hope you got for, me very excited. I was like, we've reached someone. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, a joke every now and then, it's fine. But he should have been a scary character, not a cartoonish one, laughing every time he did something bad. And he had been he had an incredible eyesight to watch all L. Ale the action miles away, Eve, th- though, Eve, though there were buildings between he and the cars racing miles away. Maybe he was using his Aquaman super eyesight. <laughs> this is the franchise that went from real street racing 2001 and with no guns to immortal characters and indestructible vehicles with superhuman stunts and gravity defying people and vehicles where the characters have become experts in fighting and experts in the use of military grade weapons and experts in weaponry made for world war three using them with incredible precision and experts in technology. <laughs> the scenes have become more ridiculous in new, every new sequel. The best Fast and Furious movies were definitely the first trilogy. Some of the sequels were okay. The late Paul Walker, even though he wasn't, he wasn't a great actor, Vin Diesel definitely is not a good actor. He provided great moments to them. Vin Diesel is always with his exaggerated mad face, with his face inclined down, facing forward. Now it's all about the dollar sign, dollar sign, dollar sign, dollar sign, not about making good movies. In past FF movies, Vince Toretto has been saying the line, one last ride. Well, as long as cash is flowing, the sequels will be coming, no matter how ridiculous they are. Instead of this movie, I would definitely recommend you to watch the FF spoof Super Fast 2015. It is way better than this. Four out of four found that helpful. My man's needs to refold his prions. Uh, <laughs> now I want the the to- when he was uh, talking about them being experts. I don't think there was a period. I don't know that this man has ever seen anywhere in there. A movie before? Yeah, there wasn't any of mine. <laughs> yeah, this is... Just random capitalizations. Wow, yeah. He was not a fan of period. Put it in the chat. All right. I'll... One, I think... While I 
while I hit a more see all the five out of tens and you know this is an actual mediocre movie when all the mid level reviews are are cogent and I struggle to find one that's unhinged. <laughs> so it's all it's the realest ones. Um, from top dog critic, five out of ten. The most entertaining part of this movie are the chat GPT 10 out of 10 reviews. <laughs> I mean, they didn't even try to hide the fact that they are all mostly two-word titles with copy-pasting the same sentences in different order in one paragraph. Racing victors, racing heat, racing rivals, racing independence, racing mavericks, racing tranquility, racing liberty, racing bliss, racing winners, racing explorer, racing heaven, and many, many more. And those are just the titles starting with racing. There are other obvious patterns with different title words. Uh, this has to be a world record for bogus ChatGPT reviews. I mean, it's pretty bad when the producers have to stoop so low, and they're that lazy to even hide the fact that they're trying to fool their audience this way. It also proves how little faith they have in their own film. The current Rotten Tomatoes critic's 54% rating is a more accurate. And he is a more Italian. <laughs> I give it a generous 5 out of 10. It's it's too bad. More effort didn't go into the writing and S slash VFX as they put towards trying to fool their fans of the franchise. This was too long, too slow, and too boring. Still a decent popcorn watch if you have nothing better to do and almost three hours to waste. They need to bury this franchise once and for all. 24 out of 32. You know what? Peter, that guy... He sounds yeah. like a hater. hater. Could be a hater. And you know who doesn't like haters? Me. And you know who else doesn't like haters? My Chat boy GPT. Isaiah Wilson, fifteen. <laughs> I I was his... I'm I was banking this on the fact that you're about to bust out a a Chat GPT ass ten out of ten review. <laughs> this might be a Chat GPT <laughs> review. It, it's alarmingly sophisticated if it is one, but I would I would almost believe it. So Isaiah Wilson, 15, uh, 10 out of 10 of fast X review. The streets always win, triple exclamation point, uh, 19th May, 2023. You decide if this is uh, a very good troll You're, job. Everyone or, ready to take your Turing test? <laughs> or a very sophisticated AI. <clears throat> Star Wars Episode Five: The Matrix, Avengers Infinity Way, <laughs> Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. I think that typo Akari gives the answer away. Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. These are just some of the movies within the world of fictional fandom that serve as tentpoles for millions and furthermore inspired me personally. Fast X has nitro-boosted its way into this pantheon as it takes its place as not just the best Fast and Furious movie, but serves as a pendulum swing for the world of cinema. It starts, ends, and ultimately prospers because of family. Fast X specifically pulls the family apart, yet closer together than ever before. This wildly diverse group, led by half-white, half-black, and yet full Latino superstar Vin Diesel, <laughs> feature his Latino brother, played by John Cena, his half-black son, Brian, and a plethora of other A-list actors and actresses. Shout out to Masandi. 
Exclamation point. The film sure. somehow manages to perfectly juggle four, even five plot points at a time, with all 18 characters getting their proper arcs within the two hour and 20 minute runtime. <laughs> While the franchise may have been built on family, it is defined by its cars. As Vin stated in the press lead up, this one really returns the franchise to its grounded practical roots. Mechanics, aerodynamics, and physics are kept are carefully kept in mind throughout the films. And as an engineer, I can confirm the feasibility of every stunt, not to mention every main character now displays expert capabilities in martial arts combat against full-grown individuals in proper ballistics gear. There is a brief moment that requires a minimal suspension of disbelief, he said belief, but I'll correct it for him, involving an eight-year-old being able to perform donuts in Dodge Challenger. But aside from that one moment, those who crave a return to form for the visceral practical action will not be disappointed. And just when you think the elements of families and cars are there to make for a perfect Fast and the Furious movie, in typical FNF fashion, they once again take it to 12 with Jason Momoa as the primary antagonist. (laughs) From the opening scene, the manic, psychopathic, yet charismatic energy can be felt every moment he is on screen, while Dante Reyes brings such a Ter- terrifying presence this act that actually feels like he could be the one to take this family down. Momoa takes a page from the Thanos and making an antagonist that still seems so relatable and even right at times. To then tie it all together, not since Infinity War has a movie left on such a cliffhanger that has not only made me want two more movies to follow, but truly makes me wish the series carries on for the next hundred years, if not more. People may deny, say this review is a lie, but to quote my brother, Dominic Toretto, ride or die. Triple exclamation mark. That's 23 out of 67 amazing. found that helpful. I, I can't believe he had the balls to actually review that totally sincerely and not sarcastic at all. So I, I had yeah. to pull up the 10 out of 10s because I was curious uh, to like read along, and then I got distracted going and trying to find some of the, <laughs> uh, the, the AI. Did you find the... Ch- um, yeah. I, I can see it. Um, there's a long string of uh, really similar titles, and uh, the usernames are like three or four letters followed by a string of numbers. Um, yeah, The Last Ride to Victory, SSMK7888, Race of the Top. No, that was a different one. Um, what were some of these? The Final Lap of Honor, The Final Sprint to Fame, The Last lap of triumph the final sprint to greatness they like they're all like similar the same kind yeah. of yeah uh and i'm like shit boys I, we got i bet if you read it uh it also would be kind of similar but um see this is how you know like we 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 you, you may think that we're joking about real reviewer <laughs> traits in this segment but it's true. We can suss out the robots yeah. from the, we the can, robo reviewers, the ro- from the yeah. real reviewers. And speaking of real reviewers, you, I got a real you one. You can't fake that. I got a live one okay. on the on the line, and we're reeling him in right now because he's so real. Got me a Marlin. Got a Marlin. We got <laughs> one out of ten. It's the movie dude, 2000. And the movie dude. The movie dude. That's, uh, that's the literal perfect name for this review, too. Uh, one out of ten. 
It's Toretto Tuesday. Yeah, okay. <laughs> My favorite part of the movie is at the end when the dam exploded and Dominic looks right at the camera, breaking the fourth wall and says, It's a good thing it's Toretto Tuesday. Then punches the water back into the river with his fists and gets into his charger and does a series of donuts to make another dam saving the nearby village from disaster. The dance number in the credits was amazing as well. Can't wait for the next three to end the series. I don't think this one can be topped, however. The water punching and lasers are going to be hard to beat. Again, the It's Toretto Tuesday line is amazing. 33 out of 49 found that helpful. I like my favorite part is when he he dommed all over those guys. <laughs> it's Toretto Tuesday and he, t- he t- t- Tourette's all over those guys. I love how the guy just Wait, that was a one drops the lasers in there like yeah, the lasers. any explanation at all. And and god damn it, I I believe him one hundred percent. There is I believe everything that he described absolutely happened. If I if I somehow find myself watching this movie and I do not hear the phrase, it's Toronto Tuesday come out of Vin Diesel's mouth, I will be severely disappointed. It will be a sad day. I will write a strongly worded letter to his agent. Uh, very sad. Like this last five out of ten review. Like I said, these ones, there's no, there's no pizzazz, there's no razzmatazz. It's just, it's just reviews. Uh, with im, I'm, I'm Sieg, <laughs> I'm Sieg. Um, five sure out of ten that? review. Slow X. Mm. Boom, roasted. Um, Got him. The bad. Too much, too much slow and boring talking scenes in the middle <laughs> part of this movie. 30 minutes or even more could have easily been cut out of it. More bad. The CGI special effects aren't really groundbreaking in any way. Seen it all before, done better. And a few CGI stunts are even pretty cheap looking. That's cringeworthy for such an action franchise. Even more bad. How about the car chases? At least those must be alright. Nah. Not terrible, but nothing extraordinary either. I am being honest here. Not any good then. I'll do it. I'll do it. (coughs) It'll do as a mind-numbing blockbuster for the kids. But even they might get bored by the middle part of this movie with way too many talking scenes. Too much talk. Too little riveting action. No jokes. It'll draw audiences to the cinema, no matter how bad the reviews. That's the power marketing. 10 out of 17. Jake, I'm very impressed by your ability to find me a YouTube video <laughs> with 192 views <laughs> from five years ago. <laughs> I I was really hoping at some point in here he says it's Toretto Tuesday, or happy Toretto Tuesday. But, um... I don't I don't know if he does say it and it's five minutes long of him just driving. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't get I, I don't have a great opportunity <laughs> right like, now. It's like an armpit POV of him fucking cruising in his in uh 
whatever car he's got here. Oh, jeez. Just like the camera falls over at one point, so it's like a Dutch angle. I wonder if this is like a thing in like the 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 Fast and Furious like fandom to say like, oh, it's Toretto Tuesday. I don't know. I, I don't think he was genuinely a fan. <laughs> he just he just keeps doing the peace sign at the fucking camera every every ten seconds. It's his one move, Peter. You gotta cut him some slack. Is Vin Diesel the one who did the awkward interview? Um, <laughs> I mean, that doesn't you gotta nail it does. down there. He like a little sexually bit. assaults, not assaults, but harasses the interviewer. Or inter- yeah, I don't recall. You got me. Alrighty. Um, All I see is him stuck I'll, in like Miami I'll, traffic here. I'll post so it. So that's Fast X. <laughs> uh, Gog 3 uh, drops 47.7% in its third week, down to 32.4 million for the week. Uh, total worldwide gross is up over 670, which I think. Actually, I, I'm not even going to pretend to remember how much money for Love and Thunder made. But yeah, it made like seven hundred and forty something like that, less than minions. I remember that much. Um, Thor made seven sixty worldwide. Okay, so it's got a good shot to pass that. Oh yeah, I I think it's gonna swing by that Spidey style. I mean, (laughs) Jesus Christ, Thor Ragnarok was so much better than Thor Love and Thunder, and it only made Ragnarok only made a hundred thousand more. What's wrong with us? Yeah. Um, well, yeah. neither were that great. Um, what was I gonna say? Fuck. I'm the. I'm interested to see what kind of tail that these movies have. Sorry, I was watching the video that Jake sent, and at about a minute and a half, Vin Diesel gets up and waddles over to the reporter that he's been hitting on for the last ninety seconds, <laughs> and he's like, he walks like this over to her. <laughs> fucking ridiculous shit i've ever seen so it's like a um, brazilian reporter um and he's talking about uh the triple x the new triple x movie maybe yeah wait no i think this is the og triple x uh, it, it could be <laughs> and he's 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 uh oh look how beautiful she, i can't even dude, talk he's about he's I'm on something is anyone else like here not even seeing how good she is? Why don't you come after with me? And he just he just keeps going. <laughs> well, you know, he uh Yeah, go for it. Um All right. sorry for you people, I forgot I had that tab up. Um <laughs> Jesus. Um I'm interested to see what kind of tail guardians of the galaxy three can have because it's gonna like we're getting into the point now where the releases are gonna be coming hot and heavy. Mm-hmm. Like, you got Spider-Verse next week. You got, like, Flash pretty soon after that. Yeah, you got Indiana Jones, Oppenheimer, Barbie. Bam, 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 bam. Pretty much every week now, there's a pretty hotly anticipated movie coming out. Also Blue Beetle. Um. (laughs) (laughs) Also Blue Beetle. He's there, too. And um, I'm interested to see how much the market can bear. On, on that sort of thing. So I, I don't know that a lot of these movies are going to have super long tails, which... Uh, oh, you and you got the uh, the Marvels, right? I was like, what's Marvel's, uh-huh. what's Marvel's summer blockbuster? Oh, it's the Marvels, right? Yeah, interesting to slot that as your big... Well, I guess 
Guardians was their big summer release because that usually happens in May. Well, yeah, I guess. You know what I heard was um, Guardians of the Galaxy was originally slated to come out um, after, was it, uh, it was supposed to kickstart Phase 4, uh, where in, in this case it was supposed to come oh, out. Oh, wow. Like yeah. what was I forgot the first movie. I think it was supposed to come after um No Way Home. I think, right? That was the last big um, one. That's actually kind of that's actually kind of wild. I mean, yeah, it, I don't... it doesn't really matter cuz like Guardians doesn't connect to anything. No, it's just Guardians 3. But it would have been a really good movie after a string of really good movies. Um and it would have made that one scene with the sling ring a little even more confusing. <laughs> well, I think it's uh, he's from the comics, who apparently just they have that magic on other worlds. Um, well, yeah, I'm sure they would, but it's kind of a weird thing to slip in with <laughs> no explanation. Yeah. We and we talked about this, which is a reminder: go watch, go watch our review from a couple weeks back. Yeah, yeah. Guardians Three. Yeah, people are still talking about it. There's uh, a lot of. A lot of stuff always coming out, but yeah, I didn't know that. That was, um, I, I guess, the whole thing with James Gunn uh, getting fired and then rehired. Uh, I think delayed it a lot, and uh, that's so. that's what yeah. pushed it back so much. Checks uh, out, which is fucking awful because I think Marvel's kicking themselves in the ass now that they're losing James Gunn and he's heading DC because they're like, oh, maybe he was our better director because. Taika Waititi's kind of losing it with Love and Thunder, and who do we have? <laughs> Who's? Yeah, yeah, from from what I've heard, like at least from the VFX people who worked on Love and Thunder, is that Taika Waititi is awful to work with. I think he's I th- like always wants last minute changes. Doesn't understand the fact that you can't just make last minute changes for VFX shots, and like. I I'll I'll try to link you guys the video after this, but there's this guy who presumably works in the VFX business, or at least has a large vested interest in VFX. And he like broke down a lot of the uh, things that they changed with visual effects in Love and Thunder, and like a lot of it is just stupid shit that didn't need to be changed at all, but was just like. What he got a hair up his ass and wanted it to look different. And the money that was wasted on shit like that. I mean, it's probably why these movies are probably pretty bloated too with with reshoots. That's why the CGO looks like shit. Because they don't have time to deliver it. And they're so overworked because Marvel slash Disney is a terrible client. (laughs) And they fucking... Suck up so much of the industry. It's it's a rough state. They like VFX houses. Y'all got to unionize, man. Yeah, VFX like, is like gonna yeah, be the big. Follow thing. them, writers guild. Well, and and you see, if they they're probably they have to see what's going on with the writers guild and the the screen actors guild. I bet you mm-hmm. in in a couple in a week, well, right, uh, ten days, we're gonna have a a, a screenwriters guild or uh, screen actors guild um, strike as well. And then it's going to be fucked. Hollywood's going to come to a halt. They can't do anything yeah. with writers and it couldn't, couldn't couldn't happen at a better time for them because they're all like hemorrhaging money on failed streaming projects. Yeah, oh, exactly. I mean, I don't know what they have in the tank. Maybe 
Maybe Warner Brothers is going to be forced to release uh, Batgirl. <laughs> <laughs> they yeah. have nothing ready to release. Oh, oh, my God. oh my God. That's how they do it. That's how they get that shit out. Is that they, they force it. What, are you not just going to have a release in a quarter or something like that? Is this going to be like how when HBO Max released the Snyder Cut and now Max is going to release the Batgirl Cut? So, if someone who currently or at the time worked at DC's film division, Warner Brothers DC, uh, called the movie unreleasable, I can only imagine how bad it must have been. What, Batgirl? <laughs> yeah. Well... Like I, some some executive called the movie unreleasable, and it was so bad that they feared it would do brand damage. And this is the same studio that released fucking Wonder Woman nineteen eighty four. I don't trust that and shit. And ton of justice. Like, I from uh, Brendan Fraser talked about it too, because uh, he you know he said it's all filmed, it's all it's all done. They just need to like put it together and like polish it up. And he said he, I think he watched bits of it. And was like, it, he, he says it's good. He, he likes it. I think he was happy with the job. I mean, an actor saying that a movie they're in is, is good. <laughs> like, that's not super surprising. Yeah. Well, I mean, well, you're going to tell me next that, that The Rock would say that uh, Black Adam was the hardest he'd ever worked on a yeah, film? Yeah, but, but if, if, you, if you know that it's not coming that out and happened. you're, like, pissed about it, I mean, if you genuinely think it was, like, a bad movie, I think he would probably you know concede to some extent that like you know hey maybe it it wasn't that good well maybe maybe it had a couple good scenes but i doubt that he would have seen like a a full cut of the movie i don't know like from from how he describes it it doesn't sound like such a thing existed (laughs) i don't know what's out there i don't i don't really know what's out there there was they gotta they gotta recoup this somehow and yeah, it's almost, you know, hey, uh, Captain Hindsight here, except we all saw this coming in Foresight. Um, every every media company getting their own streaming service, it's not a good business model. Well, and, and speaking of streaming services, I think um, uh, it, it was announced a couple of days ago that Netflix is going to start cracking down on password sharing. I don't know when that like date is going to happen. I was told there was going to be an email, when we... but so... Kurt, whenever you get that email, just let us know. Cancel Netflix, yeah, gotcha. Yeah, I would, I would say cancel I know we, Netflix. we have to rev- we have we've had all these streaming services so we could review stuff, but like, uh, it's crazy. Gonna, it's not going to be possible to add. And we've kind of found alternative means. So yes, as well. Six, so I think like one of the price points, the mid tier was like sixteen dollars a month, plus eight dollars to add another household. Yeah, I paid twenty one bucks a month for Netflix now. It's ridiculous. Yeah. And and I think it's also going to be split based off if you want the high definition 4K stuff. That's the Yeah, d- that's why I paid Yeah. like 20 a month because of the 4K package. Yeah, that's the higher it's, end. And it's not like you couldn't mix and match. Like I didn't care about the four screens. I didn't need four yeah. screens. But you had to buy that tier if you wanted 4K. Uh, ah. Which is, it is garbage. But anyway, let's let's run through this quickly because we're we're quickly spiraling down towards yeah. a three hour podcast. No, we're fine. Who needs? Uh, I mean, it's all, there's nothing new this week as opposed to last week. And there was like four new movies. 
Yeah. yeah. Uh, so Mario Bros. movies, $9.6 million, uh, down into third, down 23.9%. It has made uh, $1.257 billion. Speaking uh, of Mario Brothers, <laughs> gonna be the death. Book of club, us. the next chapter, down a spot. Uh, pretty much all of these are gonna be down one spot, yeah. um, unless otherwise noted. Mm-hmm. Um, that brought in three million dollars, down fifty-five percent. Oddly, opened in five more theaters. Evil Dead Rise in its fifth week brings in two point four nine. Or four one nine million dollars, uh, bringing its total worldwide gross to one hundred forty one million. John Wick up one. Yes, up a spot. Interestingly, people enough. got bored and said, "I I want to just go back and watch John Wick again." Oh, John Wick's still playing. Cool. Yeah, let's check that out. Um, it's probably how all those conversations <laughs> went. Yep. <laughs> one point uh thirteen hundred theaters, one point three four million dollars. Uh are you there, God? It's me, Mark Lionsgate bringing up the real rear here to back to back. One point three one million dollars for that one there. Uh, in its fourth week, it's made nineteen point five million dollars. Oh it oh it got an international release, four hundred and seven thousand dollars. Uh probably Canada. Yeah. <laughs> probably like a border town in Canada. <laughs> Um, Hypnotic is down two spots in eighth this week, $815,000. Ketchup Entertainment, uh, not really making bank on this one here. They're going to have to play ketchup with their budget. Yeah, only $5 million for Hypnotic Worldwide. Love Again, uh, down here in ninth, $410,000. And rounding out the top 10 in its eighth week, Dungeons & Dragons Honor Among Thieves. Four hundred and five thousand dollars for a kind of final total here of two hundred and seven million, two hundred and eight million worldwide. Will that be enough to make another adventure? I I would say that was probably a modest success. Yeah. So hey, why the hell not? Yep. Why the hell not? Indeed, and just like uh, why the hell not? Shift our focus to gaming news or tech news, whatever, whatever kind of news yep. we got going on here. Um, I guess I can start this week. So we had a couple of new product drops um, this week, one from Team Green and one from Team Red in the GPU sphere. The 4060 Ti has released from Team Green here, coming in at an MSRP of 299 for the 8 gigabyte version um the 8 gigabyte version uh can be supplemented i'm sorry no 299 is for the 4060 399 for the 4060 ti unless of course you want the 16 gigabyte version which is a hundred dollars more even though the extra eight gigs of vram costs nvidia about 20 dollars um but the the real kicker here is that the 4060 Ti is uh, at best 4% faster than the 3060 Ti and at worst 5% slower mm-hmm. than its previous gen counterpart. A performance gap that is unprecedented from NVIDIA. Um, this really kind of feels... Yeah, the 40 series feels a lot like the 20 series where they're really 
they put all their eggs in the DLSS3 basket to like justify the value proposition and the gen over gen improvement. Because with the exception of the 4090, none of the cards are really that big of a generational leap. Um, the 4080 is pretty fast, but um, it's like kind of only a little bit faster than the 3090 Ti, which was, of course, a couple of classes up above 3080, but it also costs $600 more than the 3080 did. Um, so you're not getting a lot of value. But this is probably like, it's a waste of sand. The 4060 Ti is a waste of sand that could have been used for literally anything else and been more useful. Um, it is, don't buy it. Don't, just don't, don't do it. It doesn't make sense at that price point. It doesn't make sense at the 299 price. Well, maybe at the 299 price point, it would make sense. But that's the 4060, not the TI. It's going to be cut down even further. This kind of reminds me of you ever take an Econ 101 and they ever, you ever did the auction for $10? No? No. So the prof- the teacher is like, all right, we're doing an auction for 10 bucks. Bidding starts at 50 cents. And they'll right, they'll it'll go up and up, and um, it'll go right up until it's ten dollars. And uh, inevitably, someone will even fucking vote. They'll they'll auction. They'll bid ten fifty for a ten dollar bill. <laughs> this just feels. It's got that same energy to me, where it's like you're you're ba- you're breaking your basic uh, principles of your product line. Yeah, like it's. Back in back in my day, back in back in the far flung past of 2016, when Nvidia released the Pascal architecture, the 1060 six gigabyte uh, traded blows with the 980 from the previous gen, and now here we are, 4060 Ti, uh, at sometimes slower than the 3060 Ti, and the 3060 has four more gigabytes of VRAM, which is important if you're playing a game like uh, Last of Us Part 1, which even at 1080p uses 8.9 gigabytes of VRAM. And Jedi Survivor also has performance issues related to uh, VRAM overflow. So not a great time. Uh, How did Team Red respond? Well, with the 7600, which is a card that is much more reasonably priced than the 4060 Ti coming in at uh, a slash day of release from the intended MSRP from $300 to $270. So they, they took 30 bucks off the price. And it is an okay 1080p card, but it is um, not much faster than the 6650 XT from last mm-hmm. gen which can be had for about $200 at the time of this recording. Um, I'm no whiz at math, but 200 seems less than 270 to me. Um, <laughs> and it's not, it's not a correlated amount slower. Um, at, at a sale price, um, I would say it's an okay buy if you're playing at 1080p. But the ARC... A750 has had, like, vastly improved drivers. Um, you kind, you still do need resizable bars. So if you're on an older CPU, 
it's it's might not be a realistic option for you. But at two hundred dollars, the A seven fifty seems like oddly the most compelling value proposition of a current gen card, at least. It's um, you know when uh, you know when your opponent goes all in at the poker table, um, you see him, and sometimes they have a high card seven, and you've got two pair, and that's all you need. To rake in, rake in the chips. Yeah, it's uh, <laughs> it's it's fucking the A seven fifty is. We're now in a, a place where that is the budget GPU I would recommend for most people, given that they have a motherboard and CPU that support resizable bar, because it is um, it's got better ray tracing performance than you get on a 600 series um, AMD card and comparable, I think, to what you'd get on the 7000 series. Um, it is like a hundred plus dollars cheaper than the 60 series option from NVIDIA. And I just got done telling you that the 4060 <laughs> Ti is only marginally slower than the 3060 Ti. Well, guess what card the A750 is roughly equivalent to? The 3060 Ti. Wow. Um, and you can get it for like $200. Now, it is still a first-gen product. They are still working out some of the software bugs, but they've they've shown that they are committed to improving the software experience on this card, so you will get some fine wine driver development. And uh, it, it feels like now is kind of the time. What a renaissance for Arc, man. From like a kind of disappointing launch to, to now being in a position where like, if it's you want a current gen gla- graphics card, if you need a card that does AV1 encoding on the hardware side and you want to play games at like 1440p, 1080p, maybe even 1440, the A750 makes a lot of fucking sense. You just just be the least bad. That's all you got to do, and there it is. Um, I got one. I got one. All right. Um, PlayStation. They had some kind of case of shows. You fucking stole it. Okay. Well, depending I on, fucking stole well, it, Jake. Depending on what you're talking there's about. There's a there's a lot in here, so we'll we'll grab a different couple. Which yeah, one? State of play. Uh, I was talking about the. Uh, I was going to talk about the handheld. Okay. Yeah. Sure. So I'll talk about the games. Um, the big games in the showcase, um, MGS three. They're going to remake it. Kojima list. We'll see how that turns out. Snake Eater. Delta. Yeah, but um, I guess it's the same company that remade uh, a couple other games that end up uh, really nice. So okay. uh, you don't. You just need to remaster it. You don't need to change much about it. So. But you know Kojima would want to throw so, out shit in there. Of like all the Metal Gear games you could remaster, uh, Snake Eater feels like it needs it the least. Yeah, I don't. But it's the it's, one. It's pretty modern in ga- terms of game design. Like, I would maybe remake MGS one. Has MGS they, one? I mean, that may have, be in the works. Have they already but made this one? Those? I don't believe so. Not that I'm aware of. I think this is I, I I think I get why they chose this one. It's because like wanna... yeah, canonically it, it is the first chronologically. Oh, I was gonna say it lets them show off, um, you know, their big jungle environments, 
an open world, you know, uh, open level design and you know, they're obviously gunning for like, look, it look how <laughs> look at all the dirt on Snake's fucking face. Look at our graphics, they're so good. Um that's what that's what it seems to be going with for me. But yeah, that's what Reddit says. Whatever. That's what Reddit says remains to be seen. Chronology. Yeah. Um, Assassin's Assassin's Creed Mirage. Yay. Alan Wake 2 Final Another Fantasy Assassin's 16. Creed. Um yeah, Alan Wake 2 is interesting. Two. That's one that's been rumored for a while, so interesting yep. to see how that comes out. Um knock off Splatoon. Yeah, that was weird. And um it's Splatoon but with foam and yeah. uh like a cyberpunk uh at, uh kind of theme to it. Yeah, very poppy. Cuz pop whenever Sony uh you know, tries to nick a Nintendo IP. That works out great for them. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's and, literally... Uh, it's go literally talk to the PlayStation Move. Yeah. Well, right. I was thinking more like uh, their Smash Bros. clone. Oh, yeah. Yes, oh, All-Stars. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, and fucking, most surprisingly, for, I guess, for me, I don't know. I This was the trailer that stood out to me the most. A new fucking marathon game from yeah. Bungie? Yep. Hey, that is interesting. We did also, I think at State of Play, get our first look at Spider-Man 2. Yes. Yes. Which is very 2, exciting. Yep. Um, symbiote stuff, Craven stuff. Um, but fucking, I don't know. Just for me, like marathon. Like they haven't, they haven't made a marathon game in like. Well, they they haven't made an explicit marathon game in. Um, what fucking 20 years yeah 1994 um, was when they made like a, a groundbreaking fps uh demo yeah. i guess it was it was it a demo um and it, it was i mean it put bungie on the map and then they made halo uh shortly it's what got them yeah. the no, gig marathon, developing they made halo. three marathon games oh did they oh sorry um, yeah and they're like, oh, I, I love in the blurb for this trailer, like, oh, it'll be set in the same universe. And I'm like, motherfucker, every Bungie game is set in the Marathon universe. Even <laughs> if they don't know it, they're all in that same universe. Go play Marathon. Go read all the terminals. Go insane and learn all the lore. And you'll understand what I'm talking yeah, about. Yeah, it's one thing Bungie does. They put a lot of lore into their games. They, they put a lot of bullshit into Halo's uh, 1, mm-hmm. 2, and 3. And then, like, Special iterations after that, they always put like terminals with crazy amounts of random factoids to feed the lore sharks. Um, it's it's kind of like ARG levels almost. Yeah. So uh, we also yeah we got that Spider Man uh, first look uh, where they showed. Uh, I don't know if they did they call that gameplay or was that yeah like it's a, ten minutes of gameplay because that looked really um, good uh, looked really smooth. Um, well, I mean, if Spider Man looks really good, <laughs> I know I. I don't know. I'm so jaded from like E3 shenanigans, but also Spider-Man's mm. always looked really solid. So I wouldn't be surprised if this was the shit that we see in. Uh, and in I mean, game. this is the graphical. I mean, you just th- gave it a couple uh, a couple months ago a really glowing review of the first one, right? Yes, I I absolutely loved it. I I don't use the term masterpiece lightly, but it is a masterpiece. I think it is the. The best game of of 2018, Spider-Man Remastered. Uh, I mean, this is the kind of graphical fidelity that we saw in that. Maybe a little bit, a uh, little bit more pumped up. Um, and the game looks to run pretty well. Um, now, is it running on like 
a maybe monster. a souped up like dev <laughs> dev kit possibly everything um, in the background turned off <laughs> but insomniac has a pretty good history of um uh optimization mm -hmm. that's the word i was looking for so I, I i feel like this is going to run pretty well on ps5 obviously um i don't know when it's going to come to pc um, it might be a couple of years. They turned they turned Miles Morales around pretty quickly. Yeah, I'll say that. And I think they both sold very well on PC. So they'll probably, I mean, it will be at least a year of exclusivity on PS5 for sure. But hopefully, not much more than that because I really want to play it. But I don't think it's worth <laughs> to me buying a PS5 to play. <laughs> Uh, just that game. Yeah, so while you wait for that, you can bide your time by sinking your teeth into the new um, uh, handheld um, that Sony's mobile, coming out with. Mobile pad with ears. Uh, it literally looks like, and this is no joke, it looks like uh, like a fan-made edit of like their Xbox 360 handheld that's going to come out. Like I remember, I remember doing this it's bullshit. It's a Swintendo niche. Or even a Deem stack. <laughs> do you remember? Do you remember ever like before the internet was super popping, uh, just going on like Google <laughs> and trying to find out if there was ever any news about the Xbox Seven Twenty? You know, the new Xbox that's coming out, and it's oh, like yeah. there were renderings of like a sphere and like oh yeah, all I, the, I can find that video. The new the new it's... Xbox Three Sixty handheld, and it's got like a laptop. This is like that shit because it's literally they. They took a DualSense controller and they took out the middle guts. They put a tablet. And they put in a the tablet in the center. And it's like, yeah, I can do that on CAD. I mean, <laughs> yeah, I, silly. I I don't know if that's like the final production design. Uh, famously, they changed the design of the uh, PS3 controller. I hope so. I, you know what? Send it, dude. This is it. This is all we want. Uh, so. Yep. About the specs of it. This is the curious thing. Calling so it, it, uh, calling it is it not supposed is... to be... Uh, isn't it supposed to be like the <clears throat> Logitech um, G Cloud thing where it's just all in-home streaming from your PS5? Yeah, yeah. It, it's all... It's connected through the Wi-Fi. So your home Wi-Fi, you'll be able to pick up your PlayStation game and play it anywhere connected to your Wi-Fi. Um, it's not... It's... I, I don't know if that'd be considered cloud gaming. Um, well, yeah, it's in-home streaming. It's in-home like, streaming. I, I do the same thing with my Steam Deck. Yeah. I Like, if there's a Windows game I want to play um, and doesn't run on the Steam Deck, or if it's a game that's a little too heavy to run on the Steam yeah. Deck, I'll run it on my machine downstairs and stream it to my deck. And that's nice, but you also have the option to just play something on a bus somewhere. Yes. And not have it So connected. the price point is is where that gets sticky cuz the Logitech G Cloud is a similar device that's not locked into a single ecosystem and I think that costs 200 bucks. And that's and that that makes sense. I mean this is essentially what you're buying. If this is all it is. If this is all G they've Hub, announced. My bad. This is all they've announced is this like or, in-home Wi-Fi play anywhere in your house. Um uh, you know, it's essentially a controller with a screen on it that you can stream your games yeah. to. Um, oh, I'm sorry. The G Cloud is $300. Okay. 
So I would expect like a price point of like three to four hundred dollars for this. Um, I would hope it'd be much cheaper than that, like two hundred. I think anything more than two fifty, and you're dooming it to failure. Because like, isn't that what the Vita cost at launch two fifty? And this is like, strictly speaking, a little less capable than the Vita. This is the controller of a Wii U. Yeah, but they could. Couldn't they could subsidize that with uh game costs as well if they were yeah like they i mean they're they they own the design to the hardware they aren't licensing any software like they have a lot of edge to like make this um you know fairly palatable at a price point yeah i just i just don't see a world where this is a good product (laughs) i just don't I mean, like, if you're already in your house, just play it on your TV. Um, you know? Yeah, like... I, I understand wanting to get up and, and go, but, like, you know, a lot of these PlayStation games were made for, like, the big screen, and you're not playing yeah, that... baby games on... You know, if you have this, you might already have a Switch. Um, this is mm-hmm. this is a, kind of one of the things I've I've experienced with the deck, is that, you know, some games really don't play as well as you would like them to on the smaller screen. Yeah. Um it's built for a actual computer screen and keyboard and and like being able to play these games in bed is awesome. Like I I love my Steam Deck. I'm never going to say a bad thing about the Steam Deck. And I think even something like the G Cloud at the right pl- price makes sense for a certain kind of person. Um, I don't know that this is going to have a wide appeal. Because like you said, Jake, the majority of people think along the same lines you do. I am already in my house. I can just play the PS5 on my thing. The only thing I could think of is if you're someone who has like a spouse or a living girlfriend who will at times monopolize the TV that your PS5 is hooked up to. Yeah, if you, you can... don't have, but yeah. Yeah, if you don't have like a dedicated area or if you share an area. But like uh, how many people is that going to get, you know? Yeah, exactly. And like how much are they willing to spend for that luxury? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't uh, – unless this is just the first steps of like maybe their own Steam Deck, uh, their new handheld, their new Vita, you know, uh, which the way that Steam Deck and Asus are coming out with their own uh, options, sure let's full send it let's go let's try to get it there but um i don't know yeah i if if it has some limited ability to play games on its own i think it'd be okay but if it's just like a streamer from your your ps5 i i don't know man it's that's a tough sell to me yeah but we'll we'll see how Project Q, which is still in the very early days, like this is just we have concept art basically. Um, we'll we'll see what it what it comes to be. Um, I think the the way the Steam Deck has sold has kind of opened a lot of eyes around the industry, and you're gonna have a lot of copycats. Um, I think Valve is gonna come out on top because it, I believe it delivers the they best the... value product and they understand the marketplace yeah. quite a bit better. Um, Unless someone else develops, like the only way that they're going to outpace the, the Steam Deck is if they bring in a new disruptive technology. Um, 
which like otherwise you're just making a worse Steam Deck. Well, I mean, from a hardware perspective, you can put better hardware than the Steam Deck has, and it can like run games better than the Steam Deck. So in that case, you're making mm-hmm. a better Steam but Deck. You also have to compete with. You have to be uh, conscious of price. Aspect, like the Steam Deck has think, the base tier has um, a very aggressive price point. Valve really rocks. And, um, that uh, that's something that hasn't really been matched. Like the value proposition of the steam deck because it's not steam deck isn't like the best at any one particular thing it's just the most sensible package in terms of what compromises they made um how how lost did we did we lose peter here <laughs> oh did we lose him? not very okay i was uh i was watching his uh the video he sent over of all the old fucking yeah. things and uh Man, it, it gave me some some weird nostalgia. The iPhone two, <laughs> the early days of YouTube, the the iBox, the iBox. <laughs> I love that. That 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 made me <laughs> chuckle. I forgot people were like saying like, "Oh yeah, like what if what if Apple gets into the gaming world?" <laughs> like the iBox, <laughs> the GameCube portable. The Wii phone, the Wii phone, <laughs> Nintendo <laughs> DS clothes. And at the end, well, it's just be? the PS four. PS4 the PS4 again. again. The funny PS4. Yeah. Oh gosh. Yeah. Um, as far as other gaming news, uh, that that was pretty much. Um, it was kind of a light week for. Yeah, I think for, that's, for I games. Think that's the fine. big one was uh, the PlayStation thing. Yeah, state of play. Um, yeah, it was light, lighter than air, perhaps. Like Let's talk air. about air. Air. Er. Air, air. So this is this is something that we've done a little bit more in recent times, but is, is still a relative rarity where we uh, actually review a movie that we had previously done uh, the spotlight segment on. But uh, it just kind of lined up, right? None of us were too particularly keen on seeing Little Mermaid, so uh, we had to complete. We have to watch this Blackberry, and I guess now Frosted. Or we've Tetris. learned of another. Yes. We've learned Jay, this. Have you Hollywood heard about co- Frosted. Wait, no. What about Frosted? What? What? It's Jerry Seinfeld's Frosted, the Pop Tart story. Jesus Christ. <laughs> so there's a there's a fourth yeah, one. It's about where we were at too. That we're gonna have to to sink our teeth into, but uh, oh, unfrosted. I yeah, unfrosted. Yeah, the okay. Pop Tart story. Uh, I digress. So, uh, air. Here we go. Um, I think it's pretty good. Um, I think it's good, too. For a subject matter that I can't say that I was uh, terribly interested in beforehand, I am not what you would call a sneakerhead. Um, mm-hmm. I think they did a pretty good job of making a entertaining movie. It held my attention. It held my girlfriend, who is for famously short of attention. It held her attention. <laughs> <laughs> um, so it's at least compelling enough to do that. Matt Damon, uh, and a lot, actually pretty much everyone in the cast deliver very good performances. Um, yes, I, I will say that's a standout. I, I didn't think they did so well on the technical side of, of the film, uh, the filming, uh, particularly with stuff they did with, with the editing and a little bit with the writing. Um, I think there's a little too much 
kind of uh, not enough consistency. IMO in in the uh, the the inter scene editing or the intra scene editing, um, and I think there's maybe a little bit too much of tell don't show, which is it's I mean it's tough to do in a movie about that's that is a step into fiction from documentary, right? Yeah, the docudrama, as it were. Yeah. But I agree that all the performances, fine, good. Matt Damon has a couple really nice monologues in there that he uh, he just busts them out. Yeah, uh, busts them out. Matt and Matt Damon with uh, Chris Messina, who's uh, the agent David Falk. Their their back and forth mm-hmm. were fantastic. Um, and then the banter from uh, Jason Bateman was. Was a Jason out. Bateman pretty much playing Michael Bluff. Yeah. <laughs> I I'm a big fan of Bateman. Uh, uh, oh yeah, I think he's great, and yeah. I think you know this is a role that he's comfortable in. He's played <laughs> businessman a lot. Yeah, Bluth. Uh, the, the we played in Ozark. Um, fantastic show there. Uh, it's just a little bit more grittier in that one. Um, yeah, I I think they they were great. They all did really well. Chris Tucker. Uh, doesn't really super look like Chris Tucker anymore, but no. he's still pretty funny. <laughs> he looks like the bloated corpse of Chris Tucker, and you need his mom to come to the morgue to identify him. But uh, he's Chris Tucker, I guess. Um, didn't really know he's what Chris, he was. He's tuckest. He's the tuckest he's ever been. Didn't really know what his purpose was in the movie until until he's kind of like the liaison. They had they had some like the, they like would cut away to these. Side characters, Chris Tucker playing Howard White, who is I guess like the the agent brand liaison. Um, yeah, he's kind of like a middleman between the company and like the athlete. Like he's kind of like he was, in the street sort of guy. Which they again they they explained. I think they explained a lot of this, or they kind of told as much. Which that that explanation was in a scene which I really like, which was the kind of the main. Uh, the action shot of the movie, which was them designing the shoe mm-hmm. in their like one night like frenzy. Um, well, I think it was over the weekend. He was like, I guess he was one of the guys who was in on the ground floor when Nike started. Yeah, right. So he came yeah. up with the rest of the like the the sales team and the execs. Yeah, which I learned a little bit about the uh, the history of Nike, which was kind of. Which, I, I did mean, not that's know one of before. The things they were setting out to do for sure. Yeah, yeah. I I did not know uh, some of the factoids I picked up in this movie. Um, and it was pretty like it's just it's it's good. Like I feel like it's a, it's a well constructed movie. Uh, the story Great movie for streaming. I'll agree. Holds your interest. Um, I don't feel it, it never insulted my intelligence. No. I think it was it was fairly clever. With some of the setups, like I particularly like, we'll we'll push a little into spoilers here. I particularly like the scene where Matt Damon's character goes down to North Carolina to meet with the Jordans, which is a uh, bit of a faux pas in most circumstances. But he really believes that Michael Jordan's going to be great and that Nike needs to do everything they can to sign him to a, a deal. So he goes down and like he's he's talking with Viola Davis who plays Mrs. Jordan and uh he's like telling her exactly how the meetings with Converse and Adidas are going to go mm-hmm. and like what questions you should ask 
their their leadership. Mm-hmm. And then later in the movie, it, they take those meetings yeah. and like that pays off. And yeah, it's a very satisfying really way to be like, yeah, okay. And they didn't, not they could have you. done it in a way where it like instantly pays off. Like they could have done like a flash forward or they could or, have just. Or like a side by side, like have the, you know, muted them at the meeting yep. with like his words coming out of the yeah, mouth of exactly. the, uh, the executive there. I, I do like, and I, it's good we talk about it because again, with the performances, I think this is one of my favorite Viola Davis performances. Like she's in a fair few things, but like, I yeah, I think like this was one of, I, I one really of the like stronger it. ones I've seen. Um, was she in hidden figures? I don't remember. Um, or was sentence. she was in the help. That's the one. Um, the woman. I've heard she was really good in the help, um, but that's not one that I've seen. Yeah. So like of of the I, ones I, mean, I guess seen. I guess it really is just like this in, in the Suicide Squad. <laughs> I've seen her in a couple of other things. Um, yeah, she was like weirdly cast in the Woman King, which is a, a problematic movie for a number of reasons. But we've already hashed those out she in previous in, episodes. Uh, yeah, yeah. Michelle Obama and First Lady. Interesting. Yeah, she's a she's a good actress. I'm not denying that, and I think this was a role that really suited her strengths well. Um, and I'm sure that uh, Mrs. Jordan would have been thrilled to have seen her in the role. You know what I did not like is that they made me really like Michael Jordan's dad. Uh, Julius Tennant plays James Jordan. And then they drop the bomb on us that he got <laughs> shot in cold blood. Which as, yeah, which as like I a mean, guy who, not... as someone who doesn't follow any of this, it's like wow, okay. I knew that. <laughs> I did not. I don't. I don't care too much. Uh, <laughs> but I mean, that's now why I do. he retired from the NBA and went to go play baseball, or at least that's the reason he gave. There's a conspiracy theory that that was actually a secret year-long suspension from the NBA because of his gambling problem. Oh. Um, I don't know that I buy into that, but his stated reason for retiring the first time was that uh, his dad always wanted him to be a baseball player and he was going to go play professional baseball. Which, speaking of Michael Jordan, it was uh, an in- interesting choice um, that I think was driven by he just wouldn't let them use his likeness for this movie. Um, that they gave him the old uh, Al from uh, Home Improvement treatment. <laughs> yeah, that was. I didn't know if that he was. He says like an about art. one word, and the, but they also include a lot of stock footage of him, so they probably purchased the, the license for that. Yeah, like I think it was a a, a kind of a stylistic choice because weirdly the movie isn't so much about him. Yeah, he's um, a, he is a MacGuffin. He's more of an idea than a person in this movie, which is kind of interesting. But I think it it works within the context of the movie, and you know, I'm sure it was fairly realistically portrayed where his uh, mother was the one hmm. primarily dealing with the the business affairs oh. at the time. That's why I didn't like Chris Tucker's play, like actor character rather. Um, here we go. Found some trivia for you. 
buckle in. Though Michael Jordan was not directly involved in the film, Ben Affleck consulted him numerous times to get details on how to accurately portray the story. According to Affleck, Jordan's only two requests were that Viola Davis play his mother and that his longtime friend Howard White be included in the film. Affleck always wanted to work with Chris Tucker, so he was cast as White. Tucker was also friends with White, and Affleck gave him a lot of flexibility for his performance. Hmm. Okay, so it was like a like a favor kind of thing. Yeah, like, like they just added him in there because he was a he was a request, and I think their original uh, view of the story didn't really have much for him to do. Well, so, I mean, he doesn't do a whole lot in the in the movie as yeah, is. Yeah. He just kind of adds so, some like uh, a little extra flavor. I'm sure scene. his yeah, I'm sure his role in in as it's portrayed in the movie is similar. And they show in the end credits, you know, they do the where are they now? Yeah, yeah, and he and, was he was more and you know he's with same with Marlon Wayne's character. I didn't really like the 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 story the side thing with the uh, George Raveling, which I'm okay, fine. That was, was like yeah, that he's one in, like, kind of scene. That, scene over there, but it was like. It kind of broke up the pacing a little bit for him to just get a pep talk from like somebody important in his life, and mm-hmm. the the fact that he had to like fly out there, I was like, kind of jarring to. That just is go. something that all these um, product product picks are going to have to struggle with. <coughs> is that like by and large the 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 path and the story that they want to tell is going to be pretty straightforward and concise. Like with the yeah. like with Flamin, right? Which a side note, like Oh yeah, that's I, another one. I heard like Eva Longoria is like complaining that like it's because she's a woman that the a woman director that this is like getting flopped, or, like she's not getting any second chances on it. And it's like, well the thing is, the story of the Flamin' Hot Cheeto is like a a blurb. It's like a yeah. it's like a two sentences on a Wikipedia <laughs> article. And you and the challenge is having to take that story and fill it out. Like, what do you choose to fill it out with? Like, that would be a challenge even for a skilled director. Not that, like, I haven't seen the movie. I don't know Eva Longoria's skill as a director, but this is her first time, so she's at the very least inexperienced. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, at least with and, this story, um, you know, assuming the uh, the portrayal of Nike's, like, business at that point is accurate, like at least this has a good amount of tension in it where there's a lot on the line. If they fail to get Michael Jordan, the basketball line is, is eventually is, is inevitably doomed mm-hmm. and they're kind and, of putting it all on Jordan, which, you know, they established in the beginning that uh, Matt Damon's character is uh, a bit of a gambler. So he's, he's yes, willing to that, that very, very explicit. With all the subtlety right of a sledgehammer, they established that. Yeah. yeah. So he's a risk taker. He takes risks, and his risk on Jordan paid off uh, yep. a little bit too well. Yeah. Um, the uh, I, I guess they say that's it. It's I, I think a reasonable choice and a uncommon choice for the screenwriters to uh, write in, kind of make his his connections all within the business because I'm sure uh, Mr. Vaccaro. IRL. It doesn't seem like he had like a significant family at the time. Like he was just like a, a single salesman kind of dude. Because yeah. there's like one scene of him at home, and when he's at home, he's watching tapes of the games. Tapes of the games, yeah. eating a TV dinner. He's kind of alone. He's and, got. I mean, they have a whole scene where he and he and um, uh, what's his name? Uh, Bet, uh they, Bateman. 
Jason Bateman. Yeah, Bateman. They they're talking about how like he just doesn't how uh, Matt Damon's character doesn't have like a family. Yeah, like, you you can commit yourself one hundred percent to this. Like I gotta, you know, if you fail, you you're gonna do something else. If I fail, I can't give my daughter the the shoes the and free like free shoes, which you know, first world problems. <laughs> Oh, I do love how I they all. F- I do love how they kind of display everyone at Nike as like a little bit of a sleaze bag. Well, no, it's like I buy my daughter's love with free shoes. Like the the, uh, um, I think Ben Affleck's character, the night night guy, he's like talking about Buddhist aphorisms, and he drives in on his luxurious grape Porsche. Grape, yeah. Um, I'll push back on the Bateman thing a bit because that's actually kind of like. It was a sad story. Like, you know, that's oh, yeah. why she looks forward to seeing him is because he can give this to her. And he so desperately wants to see her happy in the brief time he's allowed to be with her. Like, yeah, it, I'm, not, I'm not arguing it, but like he's also paying the picture that like he is a dude who mostly lost custody of his daughter. Um, and is that's like his lifeline is giving her like material yeah. gifts. Yeah. His only, well, I mean, is, like, custody gift. courts are, you know, notoriously forgiving on the father. Well, that's a whole nother ball of wax. Hmm. Um, what I'm saying is they're not like really super lionizing the characters. Yeah, they, they're real. They're real people with real people problems. And I think that's why the movie works as well as it does. They should be IMDb reviewers one day. Yeah. I, I do I, like not I said, my favorite see... part of the movie was um, it was maybe one step down from a montage. And side note, I maintain that this movie should have been an 80s jukebox musical, but that's that's neither here nor there. Nice. Um, well, they sure they sure licensed out the uh, the catalog of 80s greatest hits. And when when we when we looked in, we were like, oh, it's a Warner Brothers thing. Like, okay, that clicked. That's again, that's our 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 continuing um, theory, not theory, but observation is that with Warner is because they have all their music. Uh, license, you know, their whole music library. You they can have a, easily license yeah. out a lot of uh, popular music to put in your movie cheaply, um, and that's what they did here. Um, but that scene where they're designing the shoe over that weekend—it's one step short of a montage, and I think that's fine um, that they expanded it out to at least a, a couple different scenes. Yeah, and they're like, you know, the scene where they're designing the shoe, and they're like, they come up with the idea, like, ah, oh, fuck it. We'll just pay the fines, and we'll you know we'll turn that kind of restriction on its head yeah. for for clout. And then you know that scene right before they meet where they're all huddled. Like I've you know we're college guys. We've had those moments yeah. where you're the fucking test is the next day, yeah. and y'all gotta like huddle up. And the the entire time, I some midnight out, oil. I was like, I was like they basement. haven't they haven't told uh, 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 Ben Affleck's character about. Phil Knight, they haven't told Phil Knight about uh, paying the fines yet. And I'm like, when are they going to drop that on him? <laughs> it's like, right in the middle the, of the whole, meeting. <laughs> yeah, the whole thing is he's that like, like, he's so he's stingy with out his, his money. Budget, yeah. Maxed out the budget. It's like, uh, you know, I, I'm assuming they had some flexibility <laughs> once they got him because they were like, all right, yeah, we'll throw in the car as well, which is like, you know, what, maybe $30,000, $40,000 of the time? Yeah, forty yeah. five maybe. Yeah. I do love that he learns about that though in the meeting. <laughs> yeah, that, no, that was great when he he dropped that on. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, but honestly, like to Jason Bateman's point, like the headlines it generated, like you're gonna you can't buy 
that much publicity for five thousand oh, dollars any sure. other way. <laughs> yeah, sure. Not not and, to mention, and in he, the end, that's the greatest reply at the end. He's just like, "Fuck it." Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, and, and like not to mention like the fact that you know, the, those shoes were all red and and black, and you know, They're in a field of white shoes, uh, you know, you're gonna stand out like crazy. Oh, yeah. was it and it white? ultimately so it had to be like 75 percent white it was, they said i think it was 51 percent white or 50 yeah. or whatever whatever yeah. the number was yeah it had to be that much white but i think the the popularity of air jordans uh led to the nba relaxing those rules yeah because as you if you watch the nba now <laughs> you don't see a lot of white on those shoes yeah um yeah the uh oh, what was it Ah, I lost my thread. Um, but I, I guess I will say, I'll also say, it didn't really feel two hours. It went by pretty quick. Yeah, it was it was, it was, was certainly well-paced. I didn't look at my watch once, which is the ultimate yeah. sign that the movie held my interest and was engaging throughout its runtime. It is kind of a little bit rough. So, like, the... I, you would, I guess you would call the the pitch meeting at Nike the climax of the movie, um, right. which is better than how Tetris did it. I think. Oh yeah, this movie's way better than Tetris. It's not even close. Oh, did you guys actually see Tetris? Yeah, yeah we, we reviewed it. it. Oh, I oh were you not there that no, week? No, I think I. Okay. I oh shit. Okay. Yeah, it's not that um, great. Well, <laughs> Tetris. So instead of having the pitch meeting and the final deal, like brokering the deal, become yeah. the climax of the film, Tetris spread it out over the second act of the film and and then made the third act like an action car chase through Russia. Yes. To like get out of the country. Yeah. Like they had to get out of the country with the, with the documents as the fucking SS were not the SS, but the, um, (laughs) the The USSR, (laughs) the communists were hunting them down. The KGB, the reds, uh, which like Kurt and I were like, okay, they probably said we need to get out of the country before they get on us, and they maybe hit a little traffic, and then they got on the plane. Yeah, I don't. That. I don't think it was like a fucking Cold War spy thriller car chase the way it was in the movie. Um, yeah, nothing so unbelievable here. But after you make, they made the big pitch, the kind of like tension build to that before we hit you know, the he signs on and you get to the denouement is just a whole lot of waiting. And I know that's a, you build tension that way, but when you're waiting for something to happen, inherently, nothing is happening currently. Right. And they did about, it felt like 10 minutes. It's probably more like five, but it felt like 10 minutes of just, not much happening in the movie and that that's kind of not great <laughs> just yeah. generally speaking but um you know they they made it work for the most part like that that's yeah. that's the one criticism i really have about the pacing you're not doing too bad yeah i i think if they had if the story was a, if the actual events were a little different that would definitely be the part where you put in like he goes home to see his family or he has to talk with his family and they have like a little personal moment there. It's a good little downtime segment where you can catch up on like whatever B plot you had. And there was really not not really a B plot. in. It was very focused and like they didn't try to force in like the, 
you know, the stock like emotional low point for the main character. Mm-hmm. Like it was pretty straightforward. Like this is our goal. These are the steps we're taking to achieve that goal. And these are how these events play out. Like it, it felt very much like a cinematic presentation of what, you know, a documentary would cover in, yeah. a, in a more factually based which I guess is the goal of a docudrama. So kudos to Ben Affleck on that. I, I, again, I have no idea how much of this is like true. Definitely hits that verisimilitude um, right there. Um, again, my final thing with regards to the the editing was just if you have if you if you're someone who has a real eye for that sort of thing, I would suggest kind of watching this if you have Prime Video. Um, just check out like just. Be you know be real you can be real critical of it. Check out the times when they use you know an editing like uh, move or a technique as like a one off sort of thing. Um, take a check on those some of those J cuts and L cuts. Um, so I think some of that might have been like to pay homage to the eighties because that's when like digital film editing came into vogue and you had a lot of crazy transitions popping up in be. movies. Um, I'll also say they did the thing which they didn't do the thing which I com- I kind of complain about on like lower budget movies which they don't start the movie with a drone B-roll aerial shot. That's good. I appreciate that. They save that for a little later in the opening and they keep it tight. It's like good. You over- people overuse that. Um but yeah, I think if I had to ask this movie to do one thing it'd just be a little more consistent and judicious. Um, I put it that way. Yeah, I think um, you could tighten up the runtime a little bit. Not too much. I think you could maybe pry 10 minutes out of this, and it's a little more snappy. But I don't know that. That's kind of like, it's a bit of a nitpick, right? I think the movie is, is perfectly functional as it is. Um, mm-hmm. It is about as good as I can expect one of these movies to be. Yeah, um, and but and by the way, what a fucking boon for Amazon Prime. Who, <laughs> if I stayed past the credits, I'm fairly certain they would have recommended. Do you want to buy the original style of Air Jordans? <laughs> and then taking me to a link on the fucking shop. Yeah, something like um, that. Product integration opportunity. Absolutely. Um, yeah, I mean. It, Pretty good movie. Much, uh, I'd say it's in the lead. Um, so yeah, ranks of ranks over Tetris. We'll um, we'll, we'll see, see how. We, I mean, we will probably watch Flamin' Hot. Oh, we're gonna watch Flamin'. We're Black gonna watch Berry. them all. Blackberry yeah. is for yep. sure happening. Unfrosted. I'm. I gotta see what Jerry's up to. You know, because Jerry, <laughs> like that's the thing is is Jerry can just make again. We we talked about this a little earlier this week. Um, he can make whatever the fuck he wants. Because he doesn't have to do anything for money, he can only do, he only needs to do it for the creative fulfillment, and that's why we got B movie, which turned out to be just off the off the rails, uh, but also iconic for being totally off the rails. Yeah, I, I wonder how much he was involved with like B movie in terms of like bringing it from idea to to the screen, um, mm-hmm. yeah, but. but what a weird cast, too. It's it's people who want to work with Jerry Seinfeld. 
and they're, gonna... I mean, it's a pretty strong cast of of comedians and Amy Schumer. Um, <laughs> second time I used that joke tonight. Got him. All right. Uh, yeah. Uh, so we'll 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 keep the leaderboard active. Um, right now we have air in the top spot. Um, on the video, I am gesturing to nothing in particular, and uh, we have Tetris uh, bringing up the rear. We'll see how. I think Blackberry is probably the next one that we're going to see because it's out at yeah. least. Um, I don't know when it's going to fit in. Next time we have a gap in the yeah, right. the very big summer movie release schedule that we're about Maybe to we'll get. Have to do two episodes a week. Pounded with. Well we, well, we could definitely. It's definitely feasible to like okay. pre-taper a review, and just have that <laughs> as either a supplemental thing, or to throw on the end of a, I'll a random episode. Some, I'll pre-tape some sound bites for me, of me. Wow. I mean, I mean, we definitely, we definitely record all these live. That's There's whatever the, you're talking about for you. Yeah. I mean, that's just the way these things go sometimes. Uh, <laughs> now I'm tempted to see if we can just make a generic soundboard of each of us and like just piece together chat. a somewhat coherent episode of that. Chat GPT. Uh, sad and studs episode. Uh, we tried. We tried to get to to be a sad and studs. That's true. Well, I, we'll we'll see. We these are fun ideas that we will explore <laughs> in time. Um, and until then, that's going to be a wrap on episode two or three sixty eight. Jesus, yeah, we've been doing this a while. Uh, Full circle. Until next time, be well, stay safe, and party like it's nineteen ninety five. Peace. Bye bye.